So, Marge, ready for another episode of Don't Go There? I'm tired of that show. But I've been hearing good things about Talk to the Hand. Hey, look what I found. Grandpa's old radio. Well, turn something on. I'm starting to think. Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we're discussing Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Spoiler warning. Uh, released by Warner Brothers on July 2nd, 2013, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Nick Stahl, Claire Danes, David Andrews, and Kristana Loken. Written by John Brancato and Michael Ferris, directed by Jonathan Mostow. Worth pointing out, this writing team was responsible for The Net, starring the girl from the bus. <laughs> the girl from the bus. Thank you, Frank Costanzo. I did not know that. I did not look up uh, a lot on the director and or the writing team on this one. So I, I didn't. Did. Yeah, I didn't really either. It was Jonathan Mostow did some stuff. He did 571 and stuff, but whatever. Yeah, it seemed like his career trajectory was kind of on the way up, and that's probably the reason why you know he got this in place of Cameron. and Didn't really do much after this, as I, I recall. No, after this he did Surrogates, I know, which was an uh, awful movie. I have not seen it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not crazy about the fact that he got this movie. Because yeah. I don't know if you have anything you want to say, because you should probably get it out of the way. Because once I get started, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop. Okay, that's fine. I can tell. I think we're going to disagree on this one. Because, really? Yeah, this, uh, this was better than I remembered. Wow, this was so much worse than I remember. Really? Wow, no. This is the, here we go. Here it is. Strap this, in. <laughs> the knock, this is the knockdown dragon episode. This is, this was, I was surprised. I'm not going to say that it's good. Okay. But it's better than I remembered. And to me, here, and since you're going to get on a roll, let me, let me try and get this in. <laughs> okay, go for to it. To me, I just, I, I felt like a last action hero vibe as I was watching this. And here's why. Not, look, I love last action hero and think it's a much better script and better movie. But I think so much surrounding the movie is what, at the time, gave it its reputation. It was like $200 million. Arnold got a ridiculous amount of money. I think he, he was you know, running a political campaign or in the process of building a political campaign, literally on set. All of the exterior stuff is what I feel like yeah, was that, the focal point at the, at the time the movie was released. That's probably true. And it didn't help. Look, it wasn't hugely successful, but it wasn't a bomb either. And so all I remember is that this thing cost $200 million and it only made this. And when I went back and I hadn't really watched it much, if at all, since then. I, yeah, I don't know what to say. It was better than I remembered. See, I, I don't remember. Uh, it's worth pointing out we're both sick. So apologies in advance. Uh, I, I don't remember the reaction at the time. So I didn't I don't remember it being kind of, you know, perceived as not successful or a disappointment. Uh, my memory was I thought it was fairly successful, but <clears throat> I remember coming out of the theater being disappointed. But the thing is, you know, I'm going I'm to compare Terminator 3 to another third movie in a franchise that I know you're not really that into, which is Indiana Jones. Okay. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I have a long-running argument with my friend Peter all the way back to college where at some point we got in a discussion about which one was better, Temple of Doom or Last Crusade. And... I thought Temple of Doom was better, and we got in a big argument about it because he thought Last Crusade was better. And over the years, this conversation, over 15 years, this conversation has just morphed into me every time I see him somehow slipping in how awful Last Crusade is, just to needle him a little bit. 
And it's it's kind of gotten exaggerated to the point where it's like, oh, it's one of the worst movies ever. It's just like, it's actually, I saw it a few years ago. It's actually not bad at all. It's a perfectly fine movie. I actually kind of like it, so. <laughs> I don't like, well, I, we can't Go get ahead. sidetracked, but I don't like what they do to Indiana Jones' character in that movie. Okay. They literally turn him into a Boy Scout, and figuratively, I don't like, I don't like what they do to Indiana Jones, but whatever. It's a different conversation. Um, but, you know, I, I exaggerate my distaste yeah. for that movie just for fun. Yeah. And I kind of have also been doing that with Terminator 3 on this podcast, just like, oh, Terminator 3. It's like, I, I kind of was coming in expecting to have a similar experience to what you had. Yeah. So when I came out of this just going like, oh, it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> I mean, it, it just the, every, the, every choice this movie makes, I disagree with. In a similar way to Indiana Jones, where you know, Last Crusade took a really interesting flawed and kind of in some ways very he's kind of a nasty character in a lot of ways he shoots people just you know a guy pulls out a knife and he just shoots him right and it's it's intended to be funny but it's also like what a bastard he has a lot of rough edges that over the course of that series gets sanded off and i just feel like this movie is the total like it starts with the terminator being this terrifying figure and this one turns him into a buffoon it's just like, boy, way to deflate one of the greatest characters in movie history. It really bothers me. I don't, I don't like this movie at all. I, all right, I can, I can see where you would think that. And there are some things with the T-800, or he refers to himself as the T-101, which is a little bit confusing. Oh, that's always been the case. I think even in the first movie, there was... I, I, if my impression is T-800 is just that model of Terminator, and then the 101 series is... The ones that look like Arnold. Yeah, and I know that there's some deleted scenes in this that I think explain the the accent. I don't know if you got to and want to cover those. <laughs> yeah, that's, I did watch that. Okay, um, but I don't know. For, so there there are choices that are made that I don't like because it, at certain times it is wisecracking T800, but the vibe that a lot of time it is is that it's more robotic than the T800 was in T2, and it just it doesn't. There's an inconsistency there, and some of the things with the T-800, I think, even though it is wisecracking, I still enjoy and like. It's not nearly as much as the T-2 3D experience, which was full-on, <laughs> like, yeah. stand-up routine. But no, I I'm, I actually am going to disagree with you. I don't, I don't hate the truth. There are some things that I do hate. Look, and, and we joked about it many episodes leading up into this. I do. I hate Talk to the Hand. Yeah. But what's funny is the stuff right before that, and that's the reason I hate it so much. Him going through and just Throwing yeah. things haphazardly is hilarious. I do agree with you there. I mean, and, and so I will, when we get, I mean, I've already admitted it. It does ruin that scene, which is unfortunate because up until that, I went back, I was just laughing. He's just randomly grabbing bags of chips and just throwing them in, grabbing then like at the end, like a bucket of just like individual <laughs> yeah. like candy. It's like, what is he doing? It's awesome. Yeah. That like but, tub of whatever, yeah, whatever it is, it is like, you know, five cent candies. But I will admit, yes, the, they, they take it too far. And they don't realize they just don't realize the st- when to stop on a lot in yes, this movie. Absolutely. So I will give you that, but I thought it was much worse to me coming in than what, the, or at least in my memory, it was. But it, it's that way with the Terminator, and I, and I also think with the action sequences, it, it there's a bunch of points where I'm like, I didn't need this. We needed this to stop either. A, 30 seconds ago or two minutes ago on some of these sequences, and I think it would have been a lot better. Now, maybe the movie would have been too short because it was only an hour and 40-some minutes to begin with. Yeah. And if you started cutting some of the stuff I might have cut, they might have had like an hour and 20-minute movie. I mean, the, the, the plot is so thin. It's really thin. I think it does kind of feel like they're stretching it out because, you know, Terminator 2, the extended cut's like two and a half hours. Yeah. And it justifies that length because 
the plot does really go well, a long distance from just, it starts with just a robots here to kill John Connor and right. ends with them, you know, discovering who is behind Cyberdyne and, Cyberdyne. and trying mean, to assassinate him and then going to blow up Cyberdyne. And then you've got a couple of movies in T2 Judgment Day. I mean, you've got a father son movie yeah. in a Terminator movie and then learning more about the Terminator universe. You're right. You do have a lot. This does not have a lot. Yeah. And here it's, it fakes you out by trying to make you think that they're going to stop Judgment Day. I, I did give the spoiler warning already, but spoiler warning. Uh, but, you know, in the end, all it is is a robot comes back in time, isn't even really trying to kill John, just happens to come across him. Yeah. You know, which is not satisfying. And then they get away, and the robot dies. That's the movie. And, yes, Judgment Day happens. No, look. But it, I feel like that's a really cynical... Yeah. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll I say that. I won't disagree with you that it's thin, but at least to me, when I was watching it, after T1 and T2, look, I don't think T3 needed to exist. I, I am that's def- for sure. I'm in the camp there, and it was about money. I mean, I, I think always that's the reason Cameron resisted it, and I think at some point uh, you know, Arnold resisted it because Cameron didn't want to do it. But at some point, he's like, well, if I can make a boatload of money, I'm going to make a boatload of money. So let, I'll be honest and upfront. It was about money. That said, I don't think that it's a terrible movie for what it is, which is about money. So if you're just going to ignore the fact that for the universe, it doesn't need to exist. I, I had thought and I enjoyed the fact that they said, all right, look, Connor has continued to live off the grid. And what's the next logical? Well, you know, to me, I, I had no issues with the script moving to, all right, fine, we'll go find the people that support him and send the Terminator back because we've already tried twice unsuccessfully against John Connor. So I, I think that it works. Now, I don't think they flush that out enough because then, of course, she finds John and John becomes the focal point again. But, yes, all that makes sense. He's living off the grid so they can't get to him so they send a, a Terminator back to kill his lieutenants. Fine. But then if you're going to make the movie about the Terminator trying to kill John, why bother with that? I, I think it would have been kind of interesting if there was a, a movie about the Terminator coming back trying to kill his lieutenants John's not in the movie. Because here's the thing. Sarah Connor is not in the movie. Linda Hamilton would not come back. Yep. And so I think having John in the movie and not Sarah, you feel that absence. Whereas I th- they could have gone in that direction and just be like, no John Connor, no Sarah Connor. You know, this group of people who don't know each other but who are being killed come to realize, why, are, why is there a robot from the future trying to kill us? And Arnold comes and tries to save them, says, you're all John Connor's lieutenants. I'm going to take you away from the, the nuclear apocalypse and just maybe John shows up right at the end, something like that. You could that I mean, could have been an interesting movie. It's just so confused. Why make it about her killing the lieutenants when, in the end, that's not what the movie is about? No, it winds up not being. And you're right. Linda Hamilton's absence is felt. I don't know. I just again, I'm not, I don't think I'm trying to convince you that this was needed in a good movie. I understand. I, I just I had. I mean, I think I somebody gave it to me on DVD at one point, and I went looking through my DVDs because I don't have them organized i still don't i still don't have a new thing to actually they're sitting in bins i couldn't find it i'm like i probably got rid of it and after i w- went and got it i'm like i shouldn't have gotten rid of it i mean i'm not gonna watch it a bunch but I, well I, t- it is not as bad as i remember and i i'm gonna i'm steadfast in that i'll tell you because for whatever reason terminator 3 is not easily available to stream oh i so, didn't i didn't know that where did you watch it then is it, library oh library well because i bought the blu-ray kind of thinking like maybe it'll, i'll end up liking it and I don't want that Blu-ray, so take I, it. As, it's going to be mine. Yeah, get it out of my house. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I guess in the end, what I'd like to say before we start is this Terminator 3 feels like such a middle finger to Terminator 2 in so many ways. All right. I, I will, okay. I might be, I might agree with that. It invalidates the 
the ability to stop or change. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In, in large details and in small. Because, yes, there's the whole thing. The movie starts, it made me mad right from the beginning. Because uh, the movie starts with John Connor voiceover saying, oh, my mother t- told me there's no fable what we make. I wish I could believe that. And then the whole movie goes on to prove that Sarah Connor was wrong, that, he's, that he can't change his future. So that's a big middle finger in the big picture. But then even like little things about how you can't bring back complex machinery. And then the Terminator has, she, she's just R2-D2. She's got saws and lasers and flamethrowers. What? That does not fit. And it's not explained at all. Arnold spends a, a 20% of this movie explaining her, all her various like, abilities. But they never explain why is this different from previous movies where you could I, not do this. I will give you that, that I think that there were mistakes. But it's, again, we'll, we'll go back to when the grosses go down, right? That that's when you need to get rid of things. The yeah. problem is is that they need to make the adventures more challenging. I, at least in Hollywood terms. In mine, I don't know if you necessarily needed to. I think... I think that some people would have been bored if it was similar to the T-1000, right? I agree you need to do differently, but it's the combination of two things. It's, okay, this new Terminator needs to be more powerful than Robert Patrick. What do we do? Let's just kitchen sink it. She's got nine different abilities. She can do all the things he could do, plus she's got a plasma arm, you know, plus this and that, plus she can control other machines. It's just too much, and it's too... No, look, I... I, There's not, like, a singular vision for, oh, you know, in T2, it's like, it's the liquid metal Terminator. You can explain it in very, you know, three or four words. What kind of Terminator is he? She's a lady Terminator. That's, like, the best you can do. No, you know what it is, and I think even on the commentaries they refer to it, she's the Terminatrix. I know, Terminator... Which I hate. I hate it. John Connor says it in the movie. Does he? I forgot. He does, because I was looking for it. I was like, did they actually call her the Terminatrix in this movie? I don't think so. And then he says it. I'll point out the scene when we get there. Right. He calls. He, he, he does kind of do it like in air quotes. He goes, this, this Terminatrix. He says right. something like that. Yeah. All right, look, I, I think a lot of this could have been saved if, if Cameron would have done it. And a lot of things could have been improved. But I know his view was is that, no, there's no reason to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Well, and he knew that this franchise was backed into a corner because you can't keep making Terminator movies where the future is like in question. Like will judgment day still happen? We don't know. Like you can't, you can only push that so far. I think they were smart to not end this movie being like, we think we saved it this time. We stopped right. it again. Maybe you can't do that. So I think he probably knew that, you know, Terminator two painted them in a corner and I can understand the makers of Terminator three in a, in a rough position. Um, but it just, I, mean, I don't know. It just annoyed me how Jonathan Mostow in the commentary, which I did listen to. Okay. Uh, I, I listened to the other commentary and there was no need. It was a total waste. Yeah. I listened so. to like 20 minutes of it. Like, there was nothing here. Not with the, with the cast. Yep. Yeah. I stopped. I made the, I, I had hoped you did the director cause I figured that would <laughs> probably be the one that might have anything worthwhile. Yeah. That worked out well. Well, but he, I don't know. He seems kind of full of himself in that he was really patting himself in the back saying like, Oh, it was so brave of us to end this movie the way we did and have such a down ending. It's like, well, yeah, but. This ending is the only way to continue this franchise. franchise for right. for the Terminator executives. This is a super happy ending. Yes. Like we can keep making these. You know, at, at the if you ever made a Terminator movie where they, you stop Judgment Day, then the franchise is over. Right. So it just struck me. It, it doesn't seem genuine. Like oh, this is the really the story we wanted to tell. It just felt like a cynical way to keep the the wheels, the gears yeah. of the franchise moving. We're talking past each other in certain ways. I'm I'm not going to tell you you're wrong that it doesn't need to exist and is is not it's not additive but i just i i remembered thinking this thing is a total disaster it's just one big action sequence one after another and there's no it's i'm like it's just terrible it was expensive it wasn't even the top grossing movie of the year by i mean it wasn't even close 
And I'm, I, I, my memory of this was was just absolute train wreck. And I don't think it uh, – you do, but I don't think it's an absolute train wreck. It's not necessarily there's a train wreck. And, yeah, I agree. I, I think we're agreeing on all the finer points. It's just a question of what, what are we putting the most weight on. You know, it seems like you're willing to forgive a lot of the things even while acknowledging that they're problems. I will say I'm glad you're coming in defending this because yeah I'm, I th- I, don't think, I think it would have been a bummer if we were both coming in bashing this movie that I know a lot of people like so yeah uh, and, you can, and again you can act as the defender I'm not I'm not going to be the, the the greatest I'm not going to be uh, my cousin Vinny that a great defense lawyer <laughs> that guess. way yeah. I'll be the public defender probably more likely L- ladies and j- j- gentlemen of the jury probably more likely these terminators are trying to kill two youths yeah two youths <laughs> but the, I mean there are in particular I. I I will go back and watch him shopping at least one more time when you give me that that Blu-ray because no, I I really got a, like an out loud laugh at him shot the Terminator shopping. I can't disagree with you there. That is really funny. So but yeah, so I started the voiceover. I, I already mentioned. Yeah, so you you a, a voiceover and uh, and you've got him on a motorcycle. I just kind of like this. I'll admit it's not a strong opening. I didn't. There's not a there's not a lot that I like, and I don't think it's Nick Stahl's fault. By the way, I don't think he's a bad actor, and I don't think he was a bad choice. There's not a lot of stuff with John Connor in this movie that I like. Yeah, it's hard to say if it's his fault or not. It might be the screenplay because he really is passive in this movie. Yeah, and it's probably not Nick Stahl's fault. I mean, I've seen him in other stuff and like him, so I I I, I mean, yeah, I agree. Maybe it's maybe I'm trying to defend too much, but I don't know if it's his fault. But there isn't a lot of stuff with John Connor that I enjoy in this movie. He's just getting dragged along this whole movie. Like, yeah. You know, that that's fine when he's a 12-year-old, but as an adult, John Connor, who's supposed to be the great hero, he needed to take the reins more. I, I've got some notes later that we'll talk to when we get to specific moments where it's just like, why isn't John doing something? He's right. just like, he's always ar- just tagging yeah. along with the... Uh, it is like he's been in a state of arrested development, <laughs> but he, he hasn't advanced, right? No, he really hasn't. Like, he's supposed to be in his early 20s or whatever. Right. Uh, I mean, the timeline is completely messed up in this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll get there. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't expect him to be the great hero leader at this point, but show signs. Even in Terminator 2, he shows signs like, right, hey, I mean, Mom, you're supposed to listen to me. He's not even the foreman breaking these rocks. By the way, I like <laughs> no. the fact that he's like getting paid to use a sledgehammer to break rocks. But he's not even the foreman. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Well, Come he's, on, John. It's a job he can do that they pay cash. Hey, and, I you know, I do understand it, but I had the note. It's exactly this. It's like, John, come on. Couldn't you have at least ascended a little bit on the old rock-breaking ladder? Well, he's probably, where you got a couple of guys working for you? He probably, uh, he's probably going around from like, site to site. John, he doesn't no, want to stay in one place. He so, is. I mean, you're right. To get the cash, he is. He's, he's not stable. He's just going basically working for cash and going from job site to job site. You're right. Yeah. But just, I don't know, just for this, I kind of laughed and was like, come on, you're supposed to be the, the future leader to take down Terminators, and you're still breaking rocks for a living. You know what he is? It just occurred to me. He's Roddy Piper, and they live. He's just <laughs> walking around. <laughs> bo, bo, bo. We, really, we really need to consider doing Roddy Piper on this thing. <laughs> I, would, I would be they happy live. to watch They Live. They Live would be an awesome one Especially, to do. Especially, this will be the first episode that goes up in the Trump administration, so <laughs> <laughs> considering that, I would watch They Live all day. Um, but anyway, yeah, we get a glimpse, a brief glimpse into future John Connor. Yeah, with him by the American flag. Yeah, which is weirdly jingoistic. The first two movies that never had an American flag. Like, he's a human resistance leader, not an American. Yeah. Seems like a strange choice. Um, <laughs> there's a moment in, in the future sequence where he's just like, it, it's just one shot. It's like cranes out. He's just like, yeah, and everyone's cheering. And then he does like a, 
<laughs> kind of like. Oh, I didn't see that. Really, he's trying to, to pump mom. up, pump up the crowd a little bit. <laughs> it reminded me, speaking of the presidential campaign of, of Jeb Bush saying, "Please clap," because <laughs> he goes, "Yeah," and they're cheering. He's just like, "Come on, come on, cheer more." He's like, I did not see that. I will have to go back and try and notice that he's trying to pump up the crowd. He definitely pumps up the crowd. Can you? Maybe you can explain to me. I don't understand. Was there supposed to be some symbolism or imagery of him dropping that beer bottle that I was supposed to get, or was that just supposed to be for the transition for the water? I mean, I don't know if there's any symbolism. It's just a transition. I mean, I get, what kind of symbolism would there be? Like, well, because if it, if this is supposed to be like a dream, right? Because that's what I get is it's one of his dreams. He's just sitting on that bridge. He shouldn't he be sleeping to have this like dream sequence? Oh, because does he wake up? Because it cuts to the future twice, which is what's confusing about yeah. it. He's driving the motorcycle. He's narrating, explaining what happened in the first two movies. Then cut to him with the American flag, right? And then he's drinking the beer. He drops the beer, and then it goes to the future again. And shows the Terminator yeah, marching. walking around and looking out. It's almost the 3D shot where it's lo- the one Terminator's <laughs> yeah. looking out to the screen. Yeah, it looks at the camera. And then it's back to the motorcycle and him wiping out. Yeah, it's, it's a weird back and forth that doesn't have a lot of good flow to it. Right, so my point is is that I took this as these are supposed to be his visions and dreams. The guy should be sleeping. I mean, that I, maybe I shouldn't be making a big deal about it, but he shouldn't be riding on a motorcycle and sitting on a bridge when we're transitioning to the, to the future. It is true. Kyle was always sleeping... Sarah was, sli- I mean, it was always sleeping is when you, you got the visions of the future. I think he does wake up when the Terminator marches in and shoots at the camera and then he goes, oh, and wakes up, right? Or may- I, maybe I think- you're right. And then he, then he gets on the motorcycle again because it opens with a motorcycle. You've get, you got these sequences and then eventually he wipes out on the motorcycle. This is the first, uh, by the way, that, that beer bottle. Two things about that sequence I want to mention. One, he drops the beer bottle into the LA River, which has water in it. I've, I've commented in the past, does that river ever have water in it? It's like, ah, yes, here. Okay. The L.A. River has water in it. I was shocked. Um, but also, I don't know if you, you... You tend to pick up on this, the product placement. Oh, I missed it on this one. Oh, there's so much product placement. It's only really in the first hour, because once they get into like military complexes yeah, and things... Yeah, you, you don't have the opportunity. But man, this the first hour of this movie is just loaded. I've, I've notated them all, and Budweiser's number ones very carefully faces the label to the camera so you can see that it's you're a right. Budweiser. Thinking about it, you're, you're right. But anyway, sorry, you were, you were trying to move on to the motorcycle crash. So Yeah, so he wipes out. Uh, am, I, am, I, am I supposed to, was I supposed to get some of this, that he, he's protecting dear life? Was there supposed to be something here, or is this just the Hanging on for dear life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Bad Puns and Machine Guns. <laughs> I guess maybe it just sets up because then he needs to go to the, you know, he needs to seek medical attention. Maybe that's the only reason why. Yeah, he can't go to the hospital. I mean, it, it is, yeah, just to get him into the, the vet. Uh, I guess it's purely a plot thing. It is. It's a. It's a very strange way to open this movie. Yeah, and then you immediately get the the TX arrives. Yep, in a storefront window because she's a lady. She has to appear at this fashion. I, this fashion I thought window. that was a little bit much. I didn't. I didn't much appreciate either the melting of the um, the mannequin. I don't know why. I thought that was a bit much. But did, did you notice in the? And I. I don't know if she then does this intentionally. But did you notice in the window? I like this look. The like decal text on the yeah yeah, yeah, I did, yeah I did notice that. But my question is, do you think that somehow she assimilated when that melted? Because she says, "I like your gun. I like this car." <laughs> yeah, she does say that a lot. Do you think that's how she that her, her how she learned how to talk was just by melting the window? <laughs> she she read the text in the window. Well, it would have been backwards for her. So it would have been like you know, look this like I six 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 becomes nine 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 or nineteen ninety nine. I mean, it is the end of days. So, all right, let, let's just, let's, let's start right here with the TX. I mean, we already kind of discussed my gripes with the TX. It's just, it's just the kitchen sink Terminator. She has way too many powers. I agree. I, I think it was a good decision and the right decision to have it be a woman. 
but she just had way way too many powers. You're right. Yeah, it's to be something different. Having yeah, I agree. It's it's a good idea. I just think the way they handle. I mean, she sees this woman with the Lexus, which is number two here. It's yeah. very prominent. It starts with the shot of the oh, Lexus. It, it does, and I think it actually is. The shot is at the very beginning. It's off center, but I'm pretty sure you get the grill first of anything in yes. the car and the Lexus, and Absolutely. then it pans up. Later, when she gets pulled over, even the cops are like, you and the Lexus. I was yeah. expecting it to be like, car and <laughs> driver, 10 best list. <laughs> the make and model number. <laughs> right, exactly. Consumer reports, best buy. <laughs> But uh, what the hell is I going to say? I had a point. Oh, uh, she sees this woman, and she's like, I like your, your car. And she ends up dressed like the woman. But th- she's a Terminator, but she also has a necklace. She has earrings, which are not the same earrings that the woman had on. I didn't know Which means that. she created her own liquid metal earrings, <laughs> and she's wearing high heels. It's like, I'm fine with it being a woman Terminator, but they're dolling her up in such a way that it's like, why? She's a Terminator. She shouldn't. She would not be forming her feet into high heels. She's just so sexualized in a yeah, way that. I think. I think today they would have made a lot different choices. I, they still probably would have had certain sexualization aspects to it because, look, action movies still are going to yeah. somewhat skew young male. But and, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to have a female Terminator, yeah, you're going to want to use utilize that. Yeah. you're going to want to show the distinction. But yeah. they just take it too far. No, well, especially the high heels is probably the, the best point. Yeah. There's no utility to that whatsoever. Yeah, and the necklace, it's like, why is why would she bother? You know, I guess she, because you do see her, because uh, there, there's, she she gets pulled over. I think we're skipping something. We can well, no, she, bounce around a little bit. No, she gives the, I like this car, which I have. I don't remember. Was it end of days that we talked about it? It did remind me a little I like your house. Yes, yeah, we did talk about that. I, I was thinking about that because you she should have got it. acting lessons from that. guy. I mean, Unbreakable wasn't that. That was two thousand, so it was before this. She should have got acting lessons <laughs> from that guy. I like your house. Yeah, I, I don't think she's bad. Like she's she's kind of flat in a way that Robert Patrick was not. Robert Patrick was a little more dynamic and no. And see, and to me, that's what I the. And I'm not going to blame her because I don't know. Maybe I, I, this wasn't. I mean, she was a model, right? I mean, she wasn't necessarily an actress, right? But Robert Patrick is, I don't know, just, he feels more like liquid metal, and she doesn't. Well, she's not fully liquid metal, right? She's got a robot skeleton in there, right? Yes. Which just seems like a step backwards. Like, she wouldn't be able to make herself into a floor. No, but, the, and that's, it does seem backwards, but it also is inconsistent, because at some point, the T-800 says she can change into anything. Well, how would she if she had that skeleton? Well, she can change into p- other people. She can disguise herself as... He says anything. Does he? Yeah, and I don't know if it's true because you don't see her. She does, you do not see the floor trick, which the floor trick is still the T one thousand's best move. Yeah, it is, and I, I don't think she, see, I don't think she'd be able to do that because when she we're just jumping around like but in the uh, in the no, particle in the fight, accelerator. Yeah, no, she it, it's clear she rips her legs out. Well, yeah, there's that, and but I'm, I'm thinking about in the particle accelerator she gets pinned to the, with the magnetic. Oh yeah, and all the liquid metal gets kind of sucked off of her. So You're she's right. like a, she's a robot skeleton Terminator. But surrounded by liquid metal, which then can change, change, yeah. change its shape. But yeah, if they're like, she wouldn't be able to pull off the T eight hundred. No, because she's not as tall as Arnold, right? She's, she doesn't. She's not six foot three. She's however you know tall. Kristana uh, Loken is. Well, maybe she can like liquid metal like, move it to the bottom of her feet and like stilt herself. So she up can she can <laughs> she can puff like, up her breasts and maybe right. she can get a little height. Yeah, exactly. Right. T- she, she takes the liquid metal out of her breasts down to her feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she can make it work. So, yeah, so she, she gets the car, and then... Well, before she, we move on, I just have to ask you one question. What is this woman doing in Beverly Hills at 3 in the morning? At an ATM? Yeah. I, what, were, what was she going to buy? Well, she wasn't going to buy anything. She was at an ATM. 
Right, but she, why does she need money so badly at three in the morning? Oh, she's probably buying drugs. Okay, I just wanted to, that, was, that was my suspicion. I mean, I have to imagine she was buying drugs. <laughs> That's the only, only reason why I brought it up. Because it had to be outrageously late at night, because otherwise Rodeo Drive, there's no way that Rodeo Drive, other than when they are filming, which is probably at three in the morning when you can shut down Rodeo Drive, I'm like, there's... There would be people, and they're probably even at three in the morning. They're probably still yeah, people, probably because it's a tourist place, right? I mean, people would probably still just walk to just say they were there. No, that's true. But yeah, oh no, I think she was getting money for a drug dealer. Okay. So the only reason I brought it up, you came to the same conclusion as me. So yeah. here's my biggest the, the the next sequence is my biggest issue with the TX, and a little bit with the T1000 as well. But the TX is just over the top. She has no subtlety whatsoever. She's driving like a maniac. I know. She really is. I mean, like, the whole point, the T-800, right, he, it is built to infiltrate and, and try and, and do its best that it has, you know, bad breath and all this thing. She's going out of her way to draw as much attention to herself as possible. No subtlety and does not use the ability to blend in, like, ever. She goes out of her way to not blend in. You're, you're absolutely right. I agree. This kind of ties into a point I had later. We may as well just get into it now, because we learn later that she's an anti-Terminator Terminator, whatever that means. I guess because she can control other machines, she could She just... can control other machines, and I think is also her, her skeleton is strong enough that she can withstand and destroy older models, which I, I, I can tell I think you're not going to like it. I, what, I, one of the aspects I do like of this is, even though he's not the complete wisecracking Terminator, I like that he recognizes that he's an obsolete model and that... Yeah, the, that's fine, but he's a little bit of a sad sack about it. I'm that's the part I don't like. I, really? I cannot defeat her. <laughs> She's too strong, and I'm obsolete. Come on, you're the Terminator. You have some backbone. <laughs> I I don't know. I like the at least for me. I like the fact that he was kind of yes, <laughs> Debbie Downer. Well, I don't have any. I can't. I don't have saws. I don't. I don't have a particle accelerator built into me. That's really bothered me later. Both he and John take turns being real sad sacks in this movie. You're just real depressives. But oh, but I was gonna say she's an anti-Terminator Terminator. So maybe she wasn't designed for infiltration necessarily. She's just sort of like a much more blunt force instrument. Or it could be. See, I just took it that it's an advancement that now because of the issues that Skynet has had with time travel and the T-800s being sent back, that they needed to create something stronger that was designed to also kill Terminators. Right. But not necess- not as good at blending in. I, I, maybe, I maybe, will they, maybe they, yeah, they used, used too many resources to, to be able to get her to just destroy other Terminators, lost some of the subtlety. Maybe you're right. There's only, only so much room in her CPU. She's got to know how to handle like 26 different arm weapons <laughs> and, <laughs> and cycle through how them. to drive cards that are not driverless cars, but somehow she can control. She's got a lot of new abilities. So like the social skills of maybe blending right. in. Maybe you're right. You know, we, we did miss it though. The body count is now at one because yes. She did not survive. She and didn't yet, survive. So now the cop pulls her over, and yes, another product placement of Victoria's Secret. One of my favorite Victoria's Secret models, however, by the way, Adriana Lima. She was one of the absolute best. No, oh, I don't remember her. Yeah, no, she I can see why based on this movie. Yeah, Adriana Lima was fantastic. And so, yeah, I mean, this is, I don't know, a tired joke, but whatever. I, I don't hate it, but it's... I actually didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. I, 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 mean, I remembered it, and I remember kind of rolling my eyes, thinking, ah, this is a little over the top, but... Yeah, it's actually not that bad. It's no. it's, it's it's a stupid gag, but yeah. it's fine. Uh, <clears throat> well, before I want to back up a little bit, I assume this cop's body count number two, right? Oh yeah, a, he, he, I like your gun. Basically, gun. anything that if, if the Terminatrix likes it, you're you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but she is a walking gun. So I don't know why she needs this guy's pistol. It's like, don't you have a plasma cannon? She does. I think the only reason is is because they want to save that reveal. I mean, that that's why. That's true. So they want the audience to think. 
seems like the T-1000. Although I'm sure some of that stuff was in the trailer. I didn't watch it, but I would guess her plasma rifle is probably in the trailer. Uh, yeah, I actually watched the trailer last night. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I want to back up a little bit because, first of all, she she dials in t- on her giant Nokia phone. Nokia, brought to you by Nokia, Nokia. Hey, let's not bash <laughs> Nokia phones, okay? I love them for years. It's not my fault that they teamed up and got bought by Windows. They made great phones back in the 2000s. I don't doubt it. They spent all their money buying uh, advertising space in Terminator 3. I think. Yes. But she dials into the school system database. or whatever, the database, and she's like... So these schools have, like, yearbook photos in the, in the database and that, all that stuff? That seemed a bit much. Although, you know, it, it, maybe maybe California, maybe maybe they did. I guess. 2003 is kind of borderline. I'm not sure I'd buy that. It's but. pushing it a little bit, because, I mean, that... The internet obviously was was huge, but it's they were still pretty slow connections in the early two thousands. Yeah, this is still like modem time. Right, that's the reason she's going <laughs> when she's talking on her Nokia phone. So what do you got? What do you got? Four product placements so far. That's four. Yeah. Victoria's Secret. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Word four. Here's my question for you now. Um, I don't. I don't want to be trying to stretch for this, but does fiance Scott does he count as the Zeus of this movie? I don't want to say there's always a Zeus in the movie because there won't always be, but I think he's the closest thing to the Zeus of the movie. He's the closest thing, uh, but, he but, but he doesn't have time. Enough. Yeah, actually, I think maybe General Brewster might be the I, Zeus of the movie. I thought about that, but he is pretty important because I mean he has a pretty couple of pretty important plot devices. He is, yeah, he's important enough, but generally speaking, he doesn't have anything to do until the until seconds before he's dead yeah he's like here's my one thing i'm contributing to the plot i'm hitting a yeah a y on a keyboard <laughs> well That's no his and contribution they, to applaud he hits plot. y but he also gives gives the codes so I, I he has two plot devices that i think are actually important that's the only reason why i said if there was one it might be fiance scott because nobody cares about fiance scott that's inclu- <laughs> including claire danes uh, that's for sure i mean who is this guy like he why is he even in the movie why do they need to make, give her a fiance to, I, to die? I don't know. It, I, that, I mean, that was my biggest beef is that if it's to have a reason why she wouldn't immediately be interested in John, I don't know. It, she could just be not immediately interested because she remembered him from eighth grade and thought he was a jerk. Right. Well, especially because the movie gives an indication that, yeah, she's not sure she wants to marry this guy. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't understand why this guy is even in the movie. He's so bland and it's almost kind of comical. He's just like, I am a generic man. <laughs> I am the fiance. Let's shopping. We are registering for <laughs> I mean, later he obviously starts acting more robotic when she disguises, but he doesn't seem that different (laughs) when she's, when he's the robot, he's just, he's acting the exact same. It's like the actor got the notes, I I need to just be a robot the entire time in this movie. (laughs) I mean, no offense to this actor, he had nothing to do, but (laughs) it's really funny, he's the blandest, he's the blandest character in a movie I think I've seen in a long time. He has no defining characteristics. No, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Kate talks to her father, and they, they well, wait because they're they're shopping in Bloomingdale's. Lingering shot on Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's. That's I, number five. I knew it was a department store. I man, I missed all of this. Very stuff. very prominently in the background, it says Bloomingdale's. Wow. Sorry to keep stopping you for product placement. No, that's I, fine. So we're at number five. That's five already. Uh, we're like eight minutes into the movie. Yeah. So Kate's talking to her father, and yes, she's going back and forth, and he tries to convince her, "Oh, you'll be fine." And I. Uh, in in some ways, th- all of this stuff, this would definitely be Zeus of the movie. If he didn't have a couple of plot devices, this would definitely be Zeus of the movie material. Yeah. For I, general, I think it's Robert Brewster. Okay. I, I just remember Brewster. Yeah. I had some Brewster's Millions puns coming later. I had Punky Brewster, actually, for <laughs> oh, Claire Danes. That's, that's good. I forgot about Punky <laughs> yeah. Brewster. She is, yeah, she's a very Punky Brewster. That's exactly. Sure. So, 
Uh, but yeah, so, and then we get a little bit, it's established that her father is, uh, not sure if Skynet is ready. Cause you get a little bit that civilian internet sites are, are, are being taken over by a virus. Yeah. I didn't care. This, the whole subplot was just very dull to me. I just wrote down military stuff. <laughs> I didn't really care much about this stuff. It is kind of, uh, it's interesting that it's written by the writers of the net because there's so much like rip from the headlines jargon of just like viruses. Ooh. Yeah. It, it, it is a little bit kind of laughable at the same time. I think like today, the more things have become in, interconnected with internet of things, your phones, I think it's even more plausible today in 2003 stuff. Wasn't there yet. Yeah. But you know, if that movie was made to, I think it's more relevant today than it was in 2003. And you're right. Kind of the jargon and stuff is kind of laughable. But that doesn't mean that they were off. It's I, just they were early. No, you're right. I agree with you. They actually are ahead of the curve on that because I actually think it kind of ruins the ending of this movie a little bit. The whole notion of Skynet, there's no central computer. It's right. All, there's no core, right? But th- this is before the term the cloud exists, but right. that's what they would, that's what they're describing. Yep. And so at the, in 2003, I'm sure it was just like, oh, like Skynet. It's, I mean, it's called Skynet. It shouldn't be a shocking thing. Like, yes, of course, it's decentralized. It seems so natural to a modern audience that it's not shocking to learn this. It's just like, oh, yeah, of course it is. Right. Why wouldn't it be? So, uh, and now we finally, I don't know how many minutes into the movie, we finally get Arnold to arrive. It's exactly 12 minutes because I, I checked to see how quickly Arnold appears in the other movies. Because this felt very slow. Yeah. Felt like it took a long time so to get Arnold in the movie. What's the, uh, what's the comparison? So in the, first, in the Terminator, Arnold arrives at 4 minutes and 16 seconds. All right. This is including credits, by the way. So, like, you know, in actuality, it's probably like a minute and a half into the movie. Yeah. Um, in T2, he arrives at 6 minutes and 15 seconds. Wow. Even Terminator Genesis, which has all that future battles and stuff, which yeah. we'll get to, 11 minutes and 50 seconds. Wow. And Terminator 3 is 12 minutes even. I never would have guessed that. This is the slowest. It is the longest it takes Arnold with all his like fifty million dollar salary. Yeah, it took him it took him a long time to get in the movie. And I think it's a mistake too. I, I yeah, it's too it's too long. It's way too long for him not to be in the movie. And by the way, did it look to you like it was the cheapest like soundstage? To me, it just <laughs> it, even the cactus that catches on fire. I'm like, this just looks like a Looney Tunes set or something. I'm like. This is not an Arnold Schwartz. Like, his last movie before becoming governor, making $20 million salary with 20% of the profits, and his, he just kind of yeah, has this low-budget intro. You know what it looks like now that you mention it? It looks like in The Three Amigos when they sing that song. Yes. <laughs> kind of like coyotes start to like show up and yeah. start singing along with it, I mean, to me, I was just I was so bummed. I'm like, this is such a downer intro for him. Yeah, it's not. And Interesting. What's, what's with the, the, the shot holding on that it's, I guess, ice or something when they, they come through? Did you notice that it's like ice cracking as he's walking through? I'd never seen oh, it. No, I, I, I think it's glass. I think he's <laughs> like turned Is that sand into glass. Oh. Yeah. oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be. Okay, okay. All right, then that, that's actually better than what I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's it's just, but you're right. It's just having him appear in the middle of the desert. You know, where in the previous two movies he appeared in an alley and a guy saw him and, like, and freaked out and he right. looks over the city and in T2 where he like cuts a trailer. Trailer? I mean, that's cool. Yeah, here it's just, he's just in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing have, interesting about it. I have, his location looks like a soundstage from the 1940s with a little bit of fire. Yeah, right? it does, you're it right. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, cut back to John Connor who's hitchhiked treating his, himself. Yeah, hitchhiked his way to the city and is treating himself. I mean, he noticed, oh, look, conveniently I've been dropped off across from an animal hospital. I'll go there. Yeah, I guess you're right. How would he know 
So he's got like an encyclopedic knowledge, knowledge of, of the city. Or yeah. maybe maybe he would because if he he's around walking around busting rocks for a living. <laughs> well, it, he can't go to a hospital because he knows he'll get tracked and right. like the the machines will know where he was at that time. So maybe maybe he just has to know where all the veterinarian hospitals are in case he gets hurt. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I would, yeah. I'll give you I'll give you fine. I'll give you that one. He he knew it. It it doesn't matter cuz he matter, needed to yeah. get him there fast one way or another. Yeah. So then we get back to Arnold and the recreation of, of the clothing scene. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's funny. Uh, the scene, there are parts to it that I actually enjoy. In, in theory, in concept, it sounds like a fun idea, but I don't know. It's funny because uh, in my memory, this was a gay bar. I think it's because of that guy. Yeah, the talk to the hand the guy. The talk to the hand guy. So yeah. I, I, for some reason, I didn't remember it. It was ladies' night. Because, I, I mean, look, I don't know, like... I don't know necessarily like what like a typical male strip club is like, but like just a ladies' night at a bar and they're having a stripper and it's just packed with <laughs> horny women. It's absolutely packed, wall to wall. I can't imagine <laughs> that that is typical. I can't imagine even I, I can't imagine any strip club is ever that packed. No, yeah, right. Any kind of strip club. I mean, anyone anywhere in Las You're Vegas, right. other than I don't know, maybe this, the this, Super Bowl weekend. This talk to the hand dude must be a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's bringing them in from. I was, was going to say they are just they're coming in from Arizona. They're coming <laughs> from Nevada. I mean, they are just coming in from. Everywhere to see this guy, Thunder Down Under, or whatever. Yes, in Vegas, the show Thunder from Down Under. See now, I I hate the line "talk to the hand," but the literally when he crushes his hand and starts talking to it, it does make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it, that's funny. Now but it's just it, that that should have been where the joke ended. It should have been, but it does go against if he's if he's a version of the wisecracking Terminator, he shouldn't be that literal. I like the fact that he he takes it literally and does talk to the hand. No, I think that part's funny. This him talking to the guy's hand is funny. It's funny, but what I'm saying is, if he's supposed to be this more human, wisecracking Terminator, he shouldn't take it that literally, right? And he shouldn't literally try and talk to his hand. Is my problem with it? But I, I'm okay to suspend that enough because I like the joke that he, that he actually literally does it. Now, the problem is they go way too far because the glasses is just terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. The, I mean, first of all. This guy wasn't wearing these glasses, no. right? So is no, it just in, like... They're in the jacket pocket. Oh, is it? Yeah. But it's just like, because he's he, gay, so he wears Elton John glasses, yeah. this stripper? Yeah. Right? That, I mean, he is a, supposed to be gay, right? I mean, he, he's, he, he has... His mannerisms that are... He has, sing- Holly, he has big budget action movie mannerisms that would indicate that, yes. Yeah. I've, I'm going through my notes here, and he's saying things like, patience, honey, and... Yeah. You know, so I guess that's... Wait your turn, bitch, I think. Yeah. Which, by the way, shouldn't he be angrier? He's a stripper, and this guy's already naked. It's like, <laughs> yes. hey, hey, buddy. It seems like he might be taking some of his business away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Unless he really is such an important stripper that people don't care. There's an, uh, there's an already naked guy walking around. We don't care because this guy is that good. I'm kind of surprised when the Terminator left that like he didn't just Pied Piper all the women out with him. Like, <laughs> we're going to follow you. <laughs> yeah. Forget this guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... I could see why they would think like here let's do the scene from Terminator 2 would make it a joke and have him yeah. put on these crazy glasses but the the thing is that I, and that's what I don't like is that it 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 this is the first example that I have in my notes that it goes one, like one step too far I think him literally talking to the hand was funny enough and then the glasses it was trying to recreate something and went a step too far yeah. if you get rid of that I think that scene is a lot better in other than the fact you're right that it is just crazy how many women are in this place 
But the fact that a couple of them are like really sizing him up, like those that jokes- one woman sitting at the bar, she goes like a whoa, he has like a real like bug eye look, including and again that joke works too is when he's like sizing her clothes up, even though oh yeah, it's, it's like inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> it's like a really funny joke. Yeah, that's okay. Because the thing is, the Terminator should be smart enough that it is not sizing up women because you should be able to tell gender and pretty much figure out I'm not going to be able to get those clothes. Yeah. But for the inappropriate joke, I do think that it's worth it that he's scanning everything and she's he's literally scanning him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. That is funny. She's scanning him too. But he singles her out specifically to say inappropriate. A whole room full of women. Yes, she's the one that's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> inappropriate. Well, uh, did you? I don't know if you went through. Did you get anything else in in Terminator Vision in in this one or in the movie in general? Or no? I wrote down a whole bunch of junk, but it's not interesting at all. Okay. Um. So okay, back to the glasses, and then I have one question about the this whole thing, and then we should probably move on. Because uh, yeah, I think you, what you touched on is kind of relating to what I was saying earlier at the beginning, like. This scene feels like such... It feels so dismissive of Terminator 2. It, it's literally making fun of the previous movie. It is. Uh, you're, you're, you're right there. Like, at its expense. It's, I mean, it literally just feels like, hey, that scene from Terminator 2 isn't that, wasn't that stupid. We're going to show you how stupid it yeah, is. Yeah, and I, you're, to a certain extent, you're right, because I know that you um, disagreed with me on that. I, I thought that that sequence and that scene... You said up until, I think, they played bad to the bone... That it was, to me, right. it was a different scene, and you're probably right, up until they play the, the movie, they reveal that he's the hero, right? That it's kind of like a hero reveal. And I, I probably should be annoyed, because I, I, I think that that's one of the best and most important scenes in that movie. And if there's anything you're going to poke fun of, it probably shouldn't be that. Oh, and look, I was poking fun at it. I think it deserves to be poked fun of, but you can't make... You shouldn't be making fun of your own series. Like, it's there. It's like... It'd be like if they made a Star Wars movie or they made like a Jar Jar doesn't he suck joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you, That's yes, a good he does suck. You still can't do that. See, and I disagree with you. I think that up until the bad to the bone, I think that that sequence and scene, I think it's a good scene because I still think he's extremely menacing. And I think it's a legit, I think it's a legitimate scene in, in Terminator 2. Well, fine. Let's not relitigate Terminator no. 2. But <laughs> we got enough to talk about. So, I, okay, but, uh, but fine. I mean, I'd, I. I think we agree that it's the glasses sequence. Oh, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. But they do recover because you do at least work in one punch through a car window, which you almost have to get in any Arnold movie. So yeah. I was glad that it was in there. Yeah, that's fine. And he finds some other glasses, some yes. like real, he's like, these are acceptable. And yes. he puts them on. So yeah, the T-800, the T, uh, T-101 peels out after assessing a watch, which I'm not sure why he like sizes up and why he needs a watch. It would seem like he should have a pretty good idea of what the time is, but... Yeah, it's a weird thing where he's like calibrating his internal clock or something. It's yeah, just, I would have thrown that away. But anyway, we then get he back. just assumes that this watch he found is accurate. Is it, like, <laughs> right. What if some crazy? What if it's owned by a crazy person? What if it doesn't work anymore? Oh, what's the line from uh, from Back to School? Oh, you don't buy used books; they've already been highlighted. Yeah, they've already been highlighted. What if the previous person was a crazy person? <laughs> you don't know what they highlight. That's a good line. <laughs> it's like this. Who knows who owned this watch? So we finally again get back to the TX, and she's beginning uh, her mission. Poor Jose Barrera. Yeah. He's got a bad job, and he's dead. He's got a bad job with a bad drive-thru. The, 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 the reverse drive-thru? Yeah. For, I mean, first of all, the, the speaker is like right off the road, so you can only fit one car there. That road must back up for miles. And then, yeah, you, somehow you pull around, and the thing's on the left, or on the right, excuse me. So like it was the opposite. I couldn't figure out how it worked. I'm like, how do you get your food? Do you have to reach across yeah. the passenger window? It's the passenger side. 
It's, it's absurd. I mean, maybe she did a U-turn and like came back around or something, but it's like, yeah, that's a bad drive-through window. I I had no idea. I I can tell you, I would not go to whatever that place was. Yep. So she's number three. Oh, she does a retinal scan. Not remember. she, he, but whatever. It's uh, Jose Barrera. Did I say she? Well, he's yeah. num- he's number three. But uh, yeah, she does a retinal scan of him, which I'm going. Okay, so now this school database has retinal scans of its students too. I didn't notice for her to that. Compare against. Yeah, I didn't notice that. The retinal scan seemed like a bit, bit much. He's got a well, tag on that says Jose Barrera. Could the ma- shoot him? Could the machine? Yeah, could the machines at some point though have gotten it in the future, and that's how she knows it? I I don't know how, but that would be the only logical leap that I'd be able to make. Because you're right, I the school well, database is not going to have a retinal scan. Well, also she knows where he works. So where did she get that information? Did she go to his home first and at three in the morning and wake someone, all of their parents up? He's doing Jose the late, Barrera? <laughs> right. No, he's working the late shift. He's doing the midnight shift at, uh, what's the place called? Mickey's or something? It's pretty, well, yes, uh, I think it's Mickey's and it's pretty flimsy. Oh, Jim's, Jim's Burger. Okay. It, it's pretty flimsy. Yep, but he's dead. And so, so now at three in the morning, there's a, just a still raging party going on at the Anderson's house. How yeah. are these kids not tired? And you know what I like to do when I go to a party is watch the news. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, when, to... I, when I was in high school, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, we're watching the news about the super. They just wanted to get this exposition about like a super virus as well. These kids are having a party, drinking beer, <laughs> Ooh. watching the news. Three a.m. news is on. Uh, so let me ask you this: We get a confirmation on William, right? I mean, he's he's definitely <clears throat> done. But what about the rest of the kids at the party and Elizabeth? I mean, Elizabeth is on her list, so I have to assume she's she not leaving every, this yeah, house okay. until she's dead. I thought so, too, but I, I wanted to at least discuss it. I, I, mean, I mean, what do you think? I, I, I counted the two of them, that's it. I think the Terminator shoots him, goes up, shoots her, leaves. These other kids just leaves them screaming. Probably. I mean, that's what I would do, because you don't see Elizabeth, but you have to assume she's not leaving without Elizabeth Anderson. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of notes at this point, uh, and I don't know if this is a good time to talk about it now, just about... Their missions. We talked a lot about this at the beginning, but just in terms of like, she's here to kill the lieutenants. Yep. Meanwhile, Arnold is there to protect John and Kate yep. and get them clear of the blast from the nuclear apocalypse. The only place where the Venn diagram overlaps is Kate. <laughs> You're right. And John, presumably. You know, if, but she's not necessarily there primarily to kill John. No, she because is, she thinks that she can't find John, so she's going to the next best term. You're right. Okay, so Arnold doesn't give a crap about these kids. No. <laughs> okay. No. If, if they got in his way and were looking <laughs> as interlopers, he would probably terminate them. Okay. Well, here's my other question about these kids then. Judgment Day is happening in like 12 hours. They are in L.A. They don't seem to have any plans to leave L.A. The you, kid has a job. They're, they're having a party. <laughs> You're right. How did they initially survive this blast? All right. Well, Why is she even bothering to kill wait, them? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. What was it in... Uh, uh, speaking of Indiana Jones, the uh, the crystal one, what was it? A uh, lead lined refrigerator? Yes. Maybe, yes. maybe they all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie for you to write. Jose Barrero is going into the kitchen <laughs> yes. to get more burgers. William and Elizabeth, they were drunk and stumbled into they like their into bomb the shelter, right in the ice box. That's what I would love is for you to come up with twelve <laughs> different reasons. I mean, so the only reason why they're the lieutenants is they're the only people dumb enough to survive because they all happen to fall into a refrigerator. Yes. Other than what logically makes sense, right? Right, Robert Brewster makes sense. He probably would have been in some sort of fallout shelter or something because he's a military guy. So he makes sense. Sure. 
and then John and Kate because of their connection to Robert, fine. But yes, the rest of his lieutenants are just dumb luck. Yeah. No skill whatsoever. They're just incompetent enough to survive. And why is she going choosing this date to go back in time? She's got she's given herself twelve hours before a nuke falls on her head. <laughs> Either go a couple a week earlier or wait a week and wait until the just just pick through the rubble until hey, who's left? Who's who's still alive? Okay, you're all dead. You're you're right on that. The timing really makes it. You, I could somehow come up with some crazy logic <laughs> of what, how they survive based on their current whereabouts. But I can't come up. Why pick now? I mean, does she not know? Does the Terminatrix not know that she just happened to pick Judgment Day? No. Oh, I I messed this up. I picked the wrong day. I picked (laughs) the wrong day to quit drinking. (laughs) So we uh, we get back to a minute of the Zeus of this movie uh, with uh, Scott and Kate. They're in bed. Kate's getting called into the office. And conveniently, perfect timing to be called into the office uh, for an emergency because John has passed out on the floor yes. after popping a bunch of pills. She's called in because some woman's her, cat, Hercules. Oh, yes, Hercules. I thought it was great that the cat's name was Hercules. Yeah, that is pretty good. It's a nice detail. Because what I had is that this cat doesn't need to go to the vet. It just needs to learn how to say, I am Hercules, and everything is solved. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not much of a Hercules if it's getting sick all the time. Yeah. Hercules does not get sick. No. He has no need for, for medicine. So yeah, John's passed out on the floor, and uh, Kate comes in and eventually discovers him, and uh, he he holds her hostage for a minute. Yeah, he holds her hostage with a paintball gun, which she identifies as a paintball gun, and turns the tables on him. After throwing a pill bottle at him, which I had as a rule, <laughs> if somebody, if you're holding a gun on somebody, don't catch something that they throw at you. He, it's not even just that he catches it, he acts like it's, it's like, a bomb. He, he acts like it's 40 pounds, he's just like, oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's like he got shot in the stomach. He's just he reacts like that pill bottle knocks him back. I mean, I guess he's in a weakened condition, but come on, like just I, let it bounce off of you. I, I agree with you on that, but in terms of her recognizing the paintball gun, I think that that's plausible. Here, here's I why. Do not. No, why not? I mean, her dad is a military dude. I completely oh, believe it's plausible that she identified that it was a paintball gun. Yeah, I completely believe that, that that's identifiable. Okay, fine, but why is John Connor carrying around a paintball gun? If he expects to be attacked by robots from the future at any time, and the only defense he chooses to carry around is a paintball gun, why not have a real gun? It's the worst of both worlds. If he got like picked up by the cops or whatever, and like, oh, why you have this gun, you know? But it's not actually a gun. Well, no. He, and why is it loaded? So, okay, here, here's our, what's he gonna do with it? The loading, I can't explain, but. <laughs> If he needed something, a gun, to threaten somebody with, the only kind of gun that he could get without registering, unless really finding some seedy people who will sell him a Saturday night special, is a paintball gun. He knows plenty of seedy people through her, right. his mother. He could go down to Mexico and find Uncle whatever. Is it Jose? <laughs> yeah. I want to say Uncle Bob. That's it. Arnold was Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob? <laughs> was it Jose? I can't remember his name. But he, he must know where those guys are no, still. No, it was in Henrique. It was in Henrique. Right, Enrique. You're right. Yeah. Right, he, he has right, to fine, have access fine. to guns. Fine, you got me on that one. I can't, you know. I mean, it is nonsensical, but I, I will say, I do think it's plausible that she'd be able to identify it. I think that that's fair. I guess she probably grew up on military bases. She absolutely, she no, absolutely right. would be able to identify. It. You're so right. That about I thought that. was fine. You do have me though. He has the worst of both worlds. It and he's carrying around a loaded... It's like, okay, if you want like a fake gun to threaten people with, why are you carrying a loaded paintball gun? You, you've got me there. <laughs> Again, anyway. John, John is not showing very well here in this movie. Yeah, but anyway, they, they went to junior high together. She mentions Mike Kripke's basement. And yeah, that. and this is the beginning. As I said, I think on the T2, that this is where you know people say that these movies are, are connected, that Tiffany Cox's, or Nikki Cox's character should be... Um, 
yeah, Claire Danes. And I think that fits. Yeah. It makes it makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is the timeline where she she definitively says that he, they were in eighth grade when he disappeared, which would put him unless he was some kind of child genius, which would put him in like thirteen, which would mean that happened in nineteen ninety eight, only five years prior to this movie, even though he specifically says they took down Cyberdyne ten years ago. So nothing fits. The timeline doesn't fit. They've what, squeezed like 20 years worth of stuff into the 15 years between... Well, yeah, because what, uh, what I think it's supposed ones. to be is that... And again, the, the timeline might actually make sense when you play out the years. What it's supposed to be is that the night before they go to the mall, they're, oh, yeah. I they're mean, the, in Mike Crispy's basement, right? That's how Nikki Cox's character knows, like, oh, I think he was going to the gallery, right? That's how she'd know where he probably was supposed to be. Oh, absolutely. All that stuff makes sense. But in terms of the age John is supposed to be in T2, you're right. It, and we've even said it botches it because he do, he looks way older than he should. Right. I mean, Terminator 3 is acting as if he was 13 and that movie took place in 1991. Yeah. Which n- none of those things can be true because <laughs> we, we know definitively when Terminator 1 happened. Yeah. So unless he's like a uh, some kind of genetic, like he ages twice as fast. He's got like that Robin Williams disease or whatever. He has the no. He has the reverse of uh, Logan from X Men. He he ages very quickly as right. opposed to very slowly or something. Because otherwise, none of this stuff uh, fits together. I mean, again, they're painted into a corner. They could have set this movie in two thousand seven or something. And yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, they, they could have changed the dates to just make that timeline work. There's no. There's no. Magic, why it has to be 10 years later or whatever. Right, because right. we definitely know this is 2004, right? This released in 2003, but doesn't he, when he calibrates, doesn't it show? I think so. 2004? Yeah, I think that's supposed to set out a little bit after the actual release date of 2003. Yeah, right. it released July 2003, but Terminator 2 was pretty shaky, but this is really, really the movie shaky. where it all falls apart. So um, Hercules has been waiting in, uh, in a waiting room, and then the TX just continues being unsubtle. She just, like, kicks the front door in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, how does she know? How does she know where Kate is? Because this, we know for sure she doesn't go to Kate's home first. No, because Scott's, Scott's alive a, and well. Yeah, exactly. So she just knows magically. It's all kinds of stuff like that, where the first two Terminator movies are very, very like methodical and procedural, and they show you the process the, the Terminators go through to acquire their target, to get their weapon, to get the vehicle. Here, it's just, ah, she, she just shows up. No, it, that kind of stuff, you're right. It is extremely weak. And in particular for these types of characters, everything needs to be logical because these are machines. Right. Yeah. And this movie is very fast and loose with this stuff. No. And, and this is a great example. But and, and it, my annoyance was that it continues. The, she kicks it in. And then she shoots first and asks questions later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she can't think this is Catherine Brewster. The age is totally wrong. No. I, I, there, nothing would match up. That, that is the other thing. Other than it adds to the body count. Yeah, well, I, okay, I had a question about this, because this woman is still alive last time we see her. She's done. Yeah, I agree. Just take it. If, if, you, if you've been engaged by the TX, you're done. I, I agree. I, I countered her, and I'm glad, because it finally gives me the chance to play this in context. It's called collateral damage. <laughs> she is the collateral damage. <laughs> you are right. I finally was ready for it. She is not a train conductor either, <laughs> but she is collateral damage. She absolutely is. She's number six. And so now we, we then get established with this. Catherine Brewster... Yes. And then taste DNA? What? I, I, I have two notes about this. One being, okay, so now the school district has DNA samples. I mean, you're right. Maybe she has DNA samples from the future or whatever. But that, the other thing that, is, would be, that was my only explanation. <laughs> but the other thing is, I, I, my note is she should have said, I like your blood. <laughs> that should have just been her catchphrase. She, I, she, she likes, likes everything. everything. I, I, would, I like your blood. But yeah, her, the, the T2 
TX's reaction to oh, John's? licking John's blood. Yeah, I, it's it, a little over the top. Yeah, it's orgasmic, and yeah. it's I I I mean I can understand that being able to move to a primary target that you unexpected would have a reaction, but not that. That again, the sexualization it was it, it was too much. Yeah, it is too much. It's a mistake. You can you can just hear like echoes of the the like studio executives. Being like, what if she was a sexy broad? You know, like, <laughs> it, that's just the whole thing feels like that. It's just yeah. kind of sleazy and yeah, know. no, and it, it doesn't because the franchise never really had that, right? right? Linda Hamilton's character was not that was not sexualized in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and and to be fair, I think Arnold is more sexualized in this movie than the previous ones. Like they're yeah, because he's he, you know well, you got him at the strip club, <laughs> he's right? The, he's at the strip club, inappropriate. <laughs> So I mean, they they are doing it both ways, but not to the same degree. Like that's pretty much it for him. Whereas, yeah, she's the whole movie. It's just, just that's her only defining characteristic. It, and it, it it it's fairly consistent throughout the movie. I I mean, it tapers off here after this a, a little bit, but it, she gets way more of it than than Arnold does. And just imagine how Robert Patrick would have reacted to that if he like had learned like, oh, John Connor was here. Like he wouldn't have. He would have been like, oh, you know, no. <laughs> he would have been. Like, he just went, <laughs> right. He would have, he would have started like scanning and looking for it and like he processing had, it. Yeah. He would have had a reaction, but it would have just been like, you know, it's, it's, you it know, would have been the cold, meni- the cold mechanical Menacing. recognition right. of his target being there. Not like, you know, the, the idea that this Terminator is like, like excited. excited. Yeah. Right. No, it doesn't make sense. No, it's stupid. I, I completely agree. Anyway. Yeah. Kate tries to run. Yeah, I mean, this is standard stuff. She tries to run foolish. The, the TX does the classic Terminator move, and there's a multiple of these with, of taking your, the person that you're trying to kill and just throwing them over your shoulder. Yeah. It's like, kill her. I guess in this point, she knows that John's around, so she, she's trying she, to get information out of Kate. She pins Kate down to so yeah. John Connor words. So, so this one I did have that it was a bit much, but it, there was at least some logic to it because she would move <clears> to the primary first and figure and she'd be able to finish off Kate later but needed information from her. Yeah, I mean, at first I was going like, why isn't she just killing her? But yeah, once she started asking about John, right, makes sense. I do like, I think Claire Danes is good in this movie. I'll give her some credit. Yeah, and this was, she had not been, she was at Yale or wherever she went to college. She she hadn't been doing a ton of stuff between My So-Called my, Life. Yeah, My So-Called well, Life. Because you had Romeo and Juliet and I don't remember where that falls in her timeline. That's like mid nineties, like ninety six. So was, was it before my so called life? May I, oh, I, I, I didn't look know. it up? I think so. But I mean, she went no, to, no, no, no. It was that, my cold so called life was like ninety three. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was was that her and Jared Leto? I think when that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, she did a couple of movies after that, but then decided, you know, I'm done with this and went went to school, which is you know fine, whatever. And then is despite this, has had a pretty good career, um, you know, on the comeback trail since this. Yeah, I've never seen Homeland, but I always hear it's really good. But I. Oh, no? Uh, no, I, and I'm not going to say she's not. I am not a fan. I think that show is grossly overrated. I pulled the plug after season one. Okay. I've never seen it, so. Yeah. And it's, it's not her. I actually think she's good in it. There are elements that are good, but it, it, it's it's too over the top for me. She's good in this. I mean, she genuinely is. She's good at being scared, which is a tough thing, yeah. I think, for actors to do is just like the craziest things happening around her. And it's like, yeah, and I she's reacting I don't know if you got anything in the commentary, but I know she was a really late addition in terms of they had cast... Uh, I don't remember who. Now. Yeah, I had it. I, I forget to. I had it somewhere in here, but I'm not going to find it. Yeah, I mean, I to, and she was learning her stuff as she was going along in this, so I, I do give her credit. You know what? It's funny because I didn't listen to the whole commentary of, of the cast, but uh, Jonathan Mostow, the part I did have because it was him and her together. Together because they were at like the London premiere or something. <laughs> and he totally lies to her face because he says something about like, I was so lucky to have my first choice of every part. And you hear her go like, hmm. 
Because she knows. You're she right. joined the cast while they're, they're already filming when she joins. So that's the question. Is he liar? Is he just that forgetful that he doesn't real, remember? Oh, wait, no. This... Or maybe he's just, he knew he was on a commentary and he wanted to, like, this is what you do. You put your best foot forward and yeah. just let's just lie to the people. Could be. But... Uh, so the T one the T one hundred one T eight hundred of course uh, arrives just in the right time and just <laughs> destroys and runs over the TX. Yeah, that that like bouncing truck doesn't look too good. No, it was it was bad. You know, most of the, I, the thing is, I don't think the CGI on most stuff in this is terrible and looks like bad early two thousands CGI. It might not look perfect. This in particular, you're right, does not look good. It's hit and miss. Some of it looks really good, um, but yeah, some of it doesn't hold up. Yeah, it, it's it's you know I think when you have this much, this many effects, some are going to be, be better, yeah, than the others. better than the others. This uh, this does get an Arnold, not necessarily a, a uh, when he confronts Kate and tries to get information, or it does get an Arnold line. I wish we would have been keeping track of I lied. Yeah, it, it, I mean it's just this and uh, Commando, right? This is, is it, not like a running thing. I thought that we discovered somewhere along the way there were more of these than we remember. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's another one of his that he says. That we've on previous episodes we've said I, w- I wish we were counting these. Maybe it's not. I lied. Uh, no, I think I think it was trust me is what I was saying. Yeah, you're right. I it's trust to, me. Yeah, you're right. he's, he's, I don't know if he says that in this movie, but yeah. yeah so you get like a cliched shot of the TX punching her way out of the rubble. Yeah, it's such a cliche shot. It is, and John is trying to get his way out of the kennel at the same time, and he he sees and recognizes. Maybe he thinks it's the T one thousand as well. You know, he doesn't know necessarily what that is, but he realizes it's a Terminator, so he t- he's trying to get himself out. Can he see what's going on? I'm not sure if it's clear. Oh yeah, the, the rubble is off to the it, the rubble nearly missed him, and he can see what's going on. Yeah, but all he knows is that a truck crashed at the wall. Right? No, that a truck. But I think he can he sees oh, the, okay. the arm come up too, and then he gets himself out. Okay, and then you run and you get the obligatory. You don't get come with me if you want to live, but you get the you know Arnold walking towards either Sarah or in this case John and yeah, and Arnold has a shotgun. We never get to learn where that came from. No, I'm I just took it as I'm gonna assume it was in the back of that pickup truck. I guess it's flimsy. I mean, it's a Terminator movie, and another movie. Who cares? But this Terminator movies have a very they're they're very strict about this showing where because you can't bring things back from, right right. I mean, he may as well have just shown up in the desert with that shotgun. <laughs> Let's just throw all the rules There's out. There's no rules. This movie, who cares? I can do what I want. I got $20 million to do this movie. And I said, I want a shotgun from the beginning. Right. The rules <laughs> don't matter. That's what the, the human resistance took Arnold's $20 million and invested it. <laughs> and then it's like, we've got a better t- uh, time machine this time. We built a better time machine that we could send weapons He back. just shows up with like a million bazookas. <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh. Arnold showing up here, it has one of my movie pet peeves, and it's just the dumb thing that bothers me, but the fake slow motion where it's like stutter-stepped. Yeah, okay. You know, it's, some movies like use that for effect, and it's fine. Like the opening of Reservoir Dogs where they're walking, yeah. and like, yeah, it's, it's for effect, it's fine, but like this is a moment where you need a real slow motion where he's actually like... I just I don't like that fake stutter-step slow motion. I, I, I can understand that. There's, actually, there's not a lot in this, this sequence to like. And it's the same thing. You get now the introduction of her weapon. Right, yeah. Th- those two squaring off. Th- this entire sequence is not a good one. I think there are good ones. Action sequence in this. This is one of the worst, if not the worst, in the movie. Well, are you counting through the chase? No, the chase I can't count as separate. 
Right. Okay. But the the entire the entire thing from at the animal hospital at the animal hospital is a is a terrible action I sequence. Agree. I agree completely. But I think once once they hit the road, no, the road. I, this is the only thing from the movie that I remember. Yeah, and I think it's the only part of the movie I like. But we're probably getting ahead of ourselves. Some things happen first. That- so John takes off in the truck, and then yes, the TX and the T eight hundred square off, and the T eight hundred does not get the better end of the deal. Yeah, it's just. I mean, why isn't she finishing him off? I mean, she must know that he's a threat. She's a ter- anti-Terminator Terminator. I mean, I guess she just doesn't want to let John get away, but that's so. come on, he's there and he's helpless. Just, I, I do think it's, it is, again, flimsy and a stretch, but to me, the logic would be I need to make sure that I keep up with the primary target. And so I'm, yes, I, I think she abandons finishing him off because she doesn't want to lose any seconds trying to catch up to the primary target. It's flimsy, though. I will freely admit it. And this is the moment where, yeah, you, like you said, it establishes she's got this, like, Super weapon. Plasma arm. She doesn't even need to walk over there. Just boom, just shoot over her shoulder. She could have like a trick shot, William Tell. <laughs> blow up the whole building. What, you've got a plasma gun. <laughs> I like the trick shot. I mean, why, why even? She doesn't need to spend a lot of time. But she needed to save her CPU processing to take over the cop car. And the I guess ambulance. that's true. Her, her attention was split between four different vehicles driving them around. The, the other thing, too, um, what, you know, and it comes up after this, but I, I just love that this woman in high heels is walking around an active crime disaster scene. Nobody cares. <laughs> that's true. Nobody cares. You're right. And she transforms her arm into a plasma cannon right in open, like out in the parking lot where everyone can see it, right? Well, they weren't there yet. Oh, is that true? They okay. get there after Arnold gets blown. And, but she, what my point is, is she's like walking around. <laughs> and Arnold gets blown through a wall. Finish that sentence. <laughs> they were blown away. Uh, I did like <laughs> finally establishing, although it really does undermine that action sequence in the Terminator when uh, What's-Her-Name's boyfriend has the altercation with the Terminator and he's able to knock that stuntman down because yeah. these paramedics try and pick up the T-800. It's not happening. Yeah, this is kind of funny. Yeah, this guy weighs a ton. Literally, he probably <laughs> does weigh a ton. Yeah, it doesn't really have any payoff, though. He just kind of opens his eyes and gets up. Yeah. You'd think they'd have some kind of a reaction to it, but or, not really. Or, yeah, or just some kind of a cap line, a line to cap it off. And yeah. There's nothing there. But she, we then establish that she's able to take over other machines. I mean, it, yeah. It, she's remotely controlling three. Two police cars and like a fire car or something. You got an ambulance. There's an ambulance. Two police cars. Yeah, because the ambulance I enjoy because you get Arnold kicking over that ambulance during the chase, which I really, really enjoy. I don't remember that. Because he, she's got him swinging and she's trying to oh, get rid yeah, of him. Oh, yeah, off, off of the hook. Yeah. Off of the hook and she tries to swing him in the ambulance and his answer is, I'll just kick this thing right over. <laughs> now I, I really like that. Yeah, uh, this chase is really good. I think it's the one... It's, it's a it's, really, really well done sequence. I think sequence. it's one of the better chase, not only in this franchise, I think it's one of the better chase sequences done of all time. And certainly in kind of the CGI, post-CGI world, I think Chase is kind of, other than the Fast and the Furious franchise, I, I don't think that they get as much play as they used to. Yeah, that's probably true. It feels, Even Fast and the Furious, I think, have gotten away from car somewhat. chases. Yeah. They're more like Bond movies now. Right, like shooting so, guns. And so for me, yeah, so, uh, so you establish she takes off of those. He eventually wakes up, uh, and again, he's the T-800 is walking around an active disaster scene with a shotgun. A <laughs> yeah. California Highway Patrol officer, by the way, this is another product placement. I don't know if you noticed it on this one. 
Uh, the, the Toyota Tundra, you mean, or what? Well, the Tundra, but no, the the motorcycle is an Indian motorcycle, and oh, I didn't even notice. That. Uh, and even in either not in the commentary, but some of the trivia, Indian mo- they went out of their way; they wanted to be noticed. This was an intentional product placement for them. So you can add that one. Well, because also Kate's calling nine one one. She goes like, "I'm in the back of a Toyota Tundra." Tundra. She specifically gives the make and model. <laughs> Lexus is the luxury brand of Toyota. This is the uh, consumer brand. It's the of most Toyota. reliable truck in its class. Please help me. <laughs> that would have been an awesome line. It's the most reliable truck in its class. I mean, uh, now now I want an action movie like like a tongue and teeth cheek like, like goes la- over the top, like a last action hero where it pokes fun yes. at that sort of thing. Or where... like I mean, Wayne's World does it a little bit, but you're right in the action war- in in a in a last action hero sequel, if which will never yeah. get made. If there's last action hero two, it needs to do this. Either that, or if my my our dream of the Jack Slater movies get made in the Jack Slater movie, I do want the line. It's the be- it's the best in its class. <laughs> <laughs> Four years in a row. <laughs> J.D. Power and Associates <laughs> Award winner four years in a row. <laughs> uh, um, I want this really badly now. It's too bad. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the I just had an issue that he's walking around with a shotgun. No cops are trying to stop him. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but you're right. It's both of them, both the TX and the Terminator. Yeah, they, they, it's, the police are totally incompetent in this. I, I do like the one cop that's trying to, like, grab his radio as the cop cars are taking off on their own. Oh, yeah, just, that's... That's a nice shot. Where he's like hanging through the door. He yeah. hangs on the he he gives it a, the college try, but he is no match. He is just done. <laughs> I do like that shot. It's kind of a comic. He's just like whoa, whoa. And he, gets, he falls out of the of yeah. the door. But anyway, yeah, she's she's driving these cars. They're just regular cars. Yeah. Somehow she can hack them. You know, whatever. It's just a conceit you have to buy. But now in 2017, with self driving cars very close to being a reality, yeah. the idea that she could remotely drive a, a car in 2003. That doesn't have self-driving like hooks in it. Whatever. It's you know. It's way too much to yes to make the leap that you'd be able to control everything from a CPU. Right. Because you still look, need to push down on the gas. Like right. a, a car in two thousand three is you can't. No, it, it's an heck. internal combustion. If right. these were ele- no, but if these were electric cars, I do think because of the way the ex- acceleration works on those, I, I think. And I'm not an engineer, but I think if they were like Teslas, it would be more plausible. Right. It's plausible today. Right, and even not just autonomous self-driving cars. It's far more plausible today than it would have been in 2003. You're right. And cars are just more computerized now than they right. were in 2003. They were on the way, but it's, <laughs> I had a real hard time buying this. Maybe I, even 2008, I would have been like, okay, this is maybe more plausible. But. I, I don't disagree with you, but what I do enjoy from it, because there was no other way to get other cars involved other than what she was driving. Yeah, and it makes the chase better. So it I'm makes relatively it way better, okay with it. other than it does treat this Tundra for a little while like a pinball. I mean, it, it is just... Bouncing yeah. between these cop cars. It really is the most resilient truck in this class. <laughs> it is a testimony to the Toyota Tundra. But uh, in yeah. particular, as I said, I love that he kicks over the ambulance. And I, I like that there's these kind of smaller cars that are getting into the action first. Because I think it makes for a better chase sequence. It does. And it also, it's funny because one thing I noticed, and especially later when we get to the apocalypse, I noticed how bloodless this movie is in general. Yeah. And what part of that is the body count? Is low. I mean, spoiler, we're not counting the six billion. <laughs> There's no way to count that. It's low. And which surprised me, considering how quote unquote dark this movie is supposedly. It's like, you know, I think part of the reason why they have these driverless cars is so they can smash up cars and not right. have anyone die. Consequences. And I, 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 this feels like the beginning of the era. It's not, it's right on the cusp, the beginning of the era of consequenceless gun and other violence. 
2003 because the action movie, the the, uh, the superhero movies are notorious. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've talked this. about that a little bit. Yeah, but to get to PG-13 ratings, I think this was still rated R. This, was this one PG-13 or rated R? Oh, it's rated R. Because as you said, the, the nudity earlier. And- yeah, you're right. And, and, and there are there are a couple of curse words in here. Yeah. But now so many movies push everything. And somehow the PG-13 rating has gotten more lax. And some of it's because, oh, we just won't show blood. Wait a minute. That, that actually might be worse for kids to, show, to, to not show the consequences of this violence. Yeah, I think it is worse. And so to me, this one, it, if it is rated R, I'm, I'm not sure why. Because there's... Right. Why? There's not a ton of stuff that, to me, would be a reason to give it an R rating. And, and I mean, I'll just talk about it now. Because when we get to the massacre later, like the robot's start taking over and are gunning people down. You don't see you very, s- almost see nothing. Almost none of it. It's all hinted at and it's all very abstract. Right. I mean, there's destruction and you see bodies, you know, later when they're like walking through. Right. But you don't, you don't see the immediate impact of how you get to that destruction. Yeah, at all. It's really strange how bloodless Terminator three is. And I, th- I think <laughs> these driverless cars is just, you know, a, a yeah. consequence of that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you want to get in in depth into it. But I mean, they destroy a lot of stuff in this sequence. <laughs> they do, and it, it is. I mean, it's it's a demolition derby, but it is a lot of fun and probably the highlight of this movie. I, it was definitely the highlight for me. I mean, it's they they have a showstopper thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah. It's like everything's downhill. There's nothing remotely this good again. Um, but even like as good as this is, there are like a lot of weird little details that are just like, what was that about? Go ahead. You obviously have one. Well, no, I, I, so I have a few. I, I, I do like the way this thing starts off is that, so Kate's pounding on the back and John's like, well, basically, who's in there? Right. And he gets in a car accident. And this guy is immediately irate. I mean, he is just, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like he has the slime from Ghostbusters 2 just smothered all over him. And he is just irate. No, this guy is definitely angry. I was calling him. We were we were talking about Woody Harrelson before we started doing the show. I was calling him Bootleg Woody Harrelson because he kind of <laughs> yeah, looks like he Woody does Harrelson. a little bit look like him. But I mean, the fact that it's a company car, I'd be like, it's not my car. I don't need to worry about it. My <laughs> right. company's going to have to worry about the insurance claims. Well, it's, it's, but that's the thing. He probably has to fill out like some kind of report with his company. And I guess it's, it's just as much of a pain. But, but he, he wants to beat uh, oh, John Connor up. I, just get just, out of there. He wants to just accost this guy. <laughs> yeah. And then so what I thought, I thought this guy was going to be. Collateral damage. I thought for sure, right? Not even she that. was going to mow him down and did not. Yeah, why is that? Why does that even happen? I guess just to let her catch up. Yeah, I think it is. I, I, I don't know. Like, he's in a dumpy little truck. No, no offense to Toyota Tundra, the best in his class, but he's, you know he's not going to. I will. I, I wish we had a sponsorship now. <laughs> I mean, we're just we're just assimilating all of the, yeah. the product placement from the movie. Um, I guess she is driving a crane, so you have to justify how she, she could catch, catch up. up. Yeah, because he so. had a pretty big head start. Yeah. I just had a list of, like, during the sequences, how many things made me laugh. There's one, at some point in it, a crushed car that gets wrapped around a pole that just, it's a horn of a... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I remember that one. And then the bouncy house went... <laughs> Yeah. They, There's a lot of weird sound effects in general. Go ahead. With there the is, but the bouncy house. I mean, I could not stop laughing, and I, I, but I liked that they took it first. That they're just destroying a city street, and then he just, I'm going to take it to the neighborhood. He's right. destroying people's lawns. <laughs> Let's take it to the place where people are most vulnerable. Yes. You know, it's sun's coming up. We know people are home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a weird detour. They go like into the subdivision and then yeah. right, right back onto the like main roads. Main roads. So I, the bouncy house of. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. Um, but did you notice the one sound effect I want to talk about is when it's, I mean, it's a little later in the chase. But I don't know if we're probably going to go beat by beat, but like uh, Arnold eventually ends up in the fire truck. Yes. 
and he's side by side with the crane. She blows up the fire truck with her magic arm, <coughs> and he he presumably jumps across. Yeah. We don't actually see it, but you notice it plays like a uh, like a panther sound effect. No, when, I totally missed that. Okay, I I, I want to yeah, play this. No, pull it up because magic arm. Wait, wait, wait. Well, okay. <laughs> so this sent me down a real rabbit hole. So let's just cover this right now. Is it like a Silk Cozart rabbit hole? <laughs> Not quite that bad. Um, so when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> I, I already I isolated this, so we'll play it again. That's. I have this separated out. Okay. So I heard that, and I went, "Wait a minute! Is that the Sex Panther sound from Anchorman?" <laughs> And I went and I found the clip. All right. It is not the Sex Panther, because this is Sex Panther. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I figured out, I was like, I know this sound effect from somewhere, and I figured it out. <laughs> is this like a Wilhelm scream right now? I mean, it kind of is. So, so I don't know if you're familiar with the band called Ratatat. They don't, it, it's, no. they're kind of like electronic rock kind of a thing. All right. So here's a clip from Ratatat song. It's called Wildcat. And this is where I recognize it from. Here we go. <laughs> I, this is the this is the exact same sound effect. I'm positive. So here's the movie again. <laughs> here's that song again. <laughs> it's the exact same. That is outstanding. <laughs> There's my detective work for this episode. Do you know when that song came out? Uh, shortly afterwards, I think it was 2006 or so. Oh, that is absolutely outstanding. I'm sure they both just pulled it from a sound library. But like, why are you like? I know like sound effect guys like to sneak in sounds. Like I know in Rocky Four, the punches have like artillery sounds snuck in there. So like, I know. Well, when you punch with PSI, that is like <laughs> a right. shotgun blast. Eighteen hundred and fifty pounds. Um. I know sound effect guys like to do that, but this is so obviously a panther. Like, they didn't hide it at all. I'm so embarrassed. Did you notice it your first time through? Yeah, I did. God, I, you're more of a music guy, so you probably listen for stuff. Yeah, I am very sound-oriented. That is outstanding work. <laughs> One last time. <laughs> it's so obviously like a <laughs> panther sound effect. See, to me, this is another reason to enjoy this movie. I think there's another one later, but it was much more cleverly Subdued, hidden. And I was like, yeah. okay, that one's actually like sneakily done. This one is just, <laughs> 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 to be clear, a fire truck is exploding. To, to this, for the listener, there's no Panthers in the scene. <laughs> there's a magic arm and a fire truck. But <laughs> right. That's it. Maybe that was her plasma gun. That's the sound it makes. <laughs> it's like it's like customizable. It's like you know she can like choose the sound effect. It's like a ringtone when she shoots oh, the gun. Yes. <laughs> I like the idea that it's she. She's on like iTunes downloading ringtones. Right. She Ooh. called in with her Nokia phone and <laughs> downloaded her ringtone. Well, thank you for that. That was a rabbit hole worth going down. <laughs> okay, good. So the only thing you missed in that in that sequence that I do enjoy is him, and it's before the fire truck. Him kicking over the ambulance was outstanding. Yeah, I, I, we were already talking about sound effects. So I skipped over a bunch, yeah, but no, I, I'm sure there's other stuff uh, we could talk about. Um, yeah, because there's that part where he goes to like a whole building and he's hanging out of the yeah, hook and all that stuff. I mean, I, it's it, pretty good. It is pretty odd. I mean, they they destroy. I'm sure it was built probably because it looks like it's bolted on. It was built for the movie. Yeah, they built this whole city street. But I, it. I mean, it, this is the kind of stuff that I know some of it's CGI. But I mean, I like that they still were doing practical effects because I think it looks a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I think most of this is practical. Yeah, for sure. 
No, it looks great. It's a great sequence. I also like that there's, there's no score for most of it. No. It's frankly, the score in this movie is not good, so better to not did, have did it. You think, see, I didn't think it was terrible, but I didn't think it was good either. I just kind of thought it was there. It's mostly just kind of, yeah, blah and right. not, not interesting, but... No, but I, just in general, I think it was a good. It was the right choice. Even if it was a good score, it was the right choice to have no score for most of it. Yeah, like it makes it more real and more visceral. So I had forgotten too about the the truck flipping over. I totally forgot about that, and I wondered. I'm like, did did Nolan was he was he maybe stealing a little bit? Yeah, T three. I, I mean, what what did they flip over in that movie? Was it, it was a, a semi. No, it was a semi. A semi? Yeah, because it, it was. It's one of my favorites. When ah, I'm driving, because the Joker <laughs> gets right. in, and he wants to start driving. Now I'm driving the bus. Is actually what I always <laughs> think of. You're Batman. <laughs> I am <laughs> Batman. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, that's similar where there's no score. I think it's actually kind oh, of a similar sequence. It is. You know, large vehicles. You know, being chasing that, each other, and, and that, and why that sequence, and it's shot right down from my old office on LaSalle Street yeah. in in downtown Chicago. Why that works so well. Is that like that showdown between them? There's no score. It is just them, yeah, as intense as can be, driving at one another. No, there's no question. Um, That's kind of what this sequence is missing: is more of a confrontation between the TX and the T T800. Yeah. All you get is he pulls her out with a fire axe. Yeah, he says something too. He's like, "Excuse me." <laughs> yeah, does he say something like that? Uh, I don't know if I have the line. I, uh, I don't have it. He says something to her, but it's not. I have it. I have it somewhere too. I think we've we've been jumping around too much. And yeah, we're, we're it, both it, well, yeah, he says, "Excuse me." He goes, "Excuse me," and he pulls her yeah, out of the. It's, like, why are they quipping each other? They're robots. Yeah, it, it's not. Well, I'd be fine if he wants to be wisecrack and Terminator, but it's not a good line. I want it at least to be a good line if he's right. going to do it, and it's not. But he's I, got an axe too. There's all kinds of things. Like, collateral <laughs> damage. No, but I'm saying, hey, let me ask you this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I ask you to drive? You know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's something there. There's a pun that should be there. But there's not, and uh, so I, I just I kind of had it. And I'm like I for, I totally forgot that that the that, that this thing flips over. Yeah, but what is what flips over here? Is it the ambulance? No, it's the crane. Well, the crane it doesn't go fully directly over. Just about. It kind of goes. It goes sideways. Sideways. But you literally use a you know a, not a pulley system, but you use a rope to yeah. flip the thing over. So I not similar. I was just surprised. No, it's definitely similar. And didn't I didn't remember it at all, despite the fact of like how big this spectacle is. I forgot about it. Oh, I definitely remember that crane getting pulled up in the air because that was in every commercial. Yeah. That much I remember. Right. I forget we were talking about before. Oh, the gun, her gun. Whether that was in the commercials, I don't remember that. Yeah. But that that crane getting like knocked because like the wheel falls off and like, I don't. Yeah, which is kind of a weird detail. Well, and it's funny because the Dark Knight. I I can tell you from one hundred percent seeing one of not both trailers, but one of the trailers that absolutely had that flipping over too. Yeah, oh, definitely. So it's it's it makes sense. It's a spectacular stunt. It's, like, yeah. yeah, if you have a movie where you flip a truck over a crane, yeah. I mean, I I still give credit because they flipped that truck over on LaSalle Street. I can't believe that they got approval to flip a semi over on LaSalle Street yeah, in that's, Chicago. That's but, for sure. But anyway. that but that was a real stunt. Here, yeah. the, the, this, no, this crane is CGI. is CGI. Yeah, it's CGI. No, and that that's the reason why I think the Dark Knight is better because it it that's a real truck that they flip over. It is astonishing. Yeah, there was one moment before we move on that I really liked. It's when. Arnold pulls up next to the crane. He's driving the, the fire truck, and the TX does a double take. Oh, I missed that. Why would a robot do a double take? I missed that. <laughs> she goes like, huh? Well, well, why does she have orgasmic moments? Why does she? Yeah, th- I was just imagining what was going on in her Terminator vision. She's trying to like, process. <laughs> right. Incomplete visual cortex, <laughs> you know, whatever. It shows up. Rescan. Yeah, recenter vision. Anyway. So, uh, of course, the, uh, the T-800 saves the day, and... 
he he moves over and he immediately starts driving. Yeah, I like, I like when he gets in. Move over. <laughs> he just shoves John out of the way. Yeah, and then he uh, he he scans for uh, for concussions. Yeah, that's weird. It is kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think they're trying to distinguish this Terminator from the T two one, where he's like more like a I'm a tough love Terminator, and I'm yeah. not going to you know be your your puppy dog. I'm going to take charge. But it's like no, John needs to take charge. It's weird how the Terminator is making all the decisions. He's, it's making all the decisions, and you're right. They literally actually established that it's a different T101 in, in this scene. Right. And, I mean... Well, I, it would have to be. Well, I, I didn't know why they had to go out of their way to establish that it was. It literally melted. It was melted. In, <laughs> right. Right? So I, I thought, It's self-evident. Yeah, it's, I, I thought that was kind of dumb. I, I did, again, though, this is another one where it kind of straddles the line. Is it wisecracking Terminator or is it machine? Because Kate's in the back, you know, pounding. I think she says, she says, drop dead, drop dead, you a-hole, unable to comply. Yeah. It did make me laugh, but at the same time, I'm like, which one is it? Is it machine or is it wisecracking? Because sometimes it's wisecracking. But that makes sense. Like that, I think is fine. Because that's the thing that a robot would say. It's not, it, it like doesn't undermine the character in the way that those glasses do or talk to the hand does. It's not. You know, it's consistent with the Terminator. It's not like poking fun at it or like trying to turn him right, into a, a figure of comic relief. I, I liked Unable to Comply. I think no. I mean, I see. The thing is, is what I enjoyed about both T two and T three. I enjoy the comic relief because the, the Terminator doesn't have that, right? I mean, there really isn't any. It's just a laser beam of yeah. horror kind of you know slasher movie, right? I enjoy that. Some of my favorite stuff, and we've established, right? I we I I don't know. I haven't rewatched Genesis yet. But I mean, my fa- my favorite stuff in Genesis is Arnold. Oh yeah, because that stuff is just fun to me. But I I had no problems with the way Arnold was depicted in Genesis, even though he is that is probably the most comical oh the Terminator has ever been. Other than maybe when we watched that 3D experience, where are you with my college roommate? <laughs> That's true. That is the most comical Terminator has ever been. But no, I I think. Genesis, the comedy all comes from the character. It's not making fun of the character. That's that's true. And I think here it's making fun of the character. At, at times. I don't think the unable to comply is making fun of the character. Right. But other times you're right, it is. I agree. That's why I'm saying I like this. I think this works in a way that Talk to the Hand does not. Yeah. So in this, here's where you get a, a, a exposition dump. You know. Oh, there's so many exposition dumps. Yeah, but th- this is a this is the first of many exposition yeah, dumps. Yeah. So you get uh, there's not a lot to cover here. The only you know, it's Judgment Day was merely delayed. Right. He says Judgment Day is inevitable. Why? That that bo- really bothers me. Just the whole I didn't, I didn't think about that. This whole it, this movie does, is insisting Judgment Day is inevitable. I guess it's insisting it cuz it wants you to just accept the 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 ending of the movie. Yeah. If they'd gotten to General Brewster 20 minutes earlier, they would have stopped Judgment Day presumably. I don't know, maybe the virus would have... He would have hit the end key. <laughs> right, yeah, hit the end key. Uh, I, mean, I, I, guess, I guess maybe the virus would have done the damage anyway. Like, it would have just taken over through the virus instead of just handing it over. I don't know, but uh, just the idea that Judgment Day is inevitable. Like, if, here's the thing. If the machines believe in fate, that the future cannot be changed, then why are they sending robots back to kill John Connor? That doesn't make sense. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's one or the other. If the robots believe that they can kill John Connor, then John Connor must be able to stop Judgment Day. Either you can change it or you can't. Yeah. Right? So because if you can't change fate, then why would they they're destined to lose and they can't lose. Exactly. And logically they would they, logically they should never send a Terminator back. Yeah. You're right. I look, I don't like the exposition dump. Um the only thing I 
I like, and it does, we are, we already discussed it a little bit. I like the idea that he the this T eight hundred is somewhat self aware that he's an obsolete machine. You don't like that he's kind of Debbie Downer and I, I can't defeat her. <laughs> it's, she's yeah, better it's, than me. It's more his attitude. Like I think in T two he was he was or, in, he was obsolete, inferior technology, but too. he was still still going to try and do what he can. Yeah. I mean, it's just this one moment of just like oh, I don't know, I don't know if I can do it. But like, he literally says he can't defeat her, right? Uh, he, I don't know if he says he can't, but that she, he gives that she's strong. That it, it, like, logically, he shouldn't be able to because she's stronger, faster. I, yeah, I have, the, the, I have the dialogue here. He says, you'll find a way to stop her. Unlikely. There I'm is. an obsolete design. I'm an obsolete design. The Terminator in Terminator 2 would never say that. It, You're you probably know. right. He'd say, here's our best opportunity to defeat him. If we do this and this or whatever, he, he would try to find, you know, here's, here's our best chance, or, or let's just run away, or whatever. Yeah. They at least end on a high note, because I, I, I don't know if you have anything else kind of on the sequence, because this is where he gets rid, you establish more acquisition dump, right, of his... The in, nuke in his chest? Yeah, the nuclear bomb he basically walks around with. I hate this. I hate the fact that there's a nuclear bomb in his chest. Here's the thing about this. I'm sorry if you had... Did you have something you wanted to bring up before? No, the only I'm thing, about to start. No, the only thing I have that I do enjoy is that after it goes off and he just tells John calmly, relax, and, she, and Kate is still back there screaming, relax. Yeah, relax he, is good. He gives kind of the... Uh, it reminded me of Phil Hartman, a pipe down in there. <laughs> I just like the yelling at her. Yeah, the kids I, in the back, relax. I, him yelling relax is kind of funny. So go ahead. I, I, don't, I don't like this plot. Well, point let, either, but well, let me start by asking you: Do you think Terminator Three is insinuating that all Terminators have this? Even the guy, the one in Terminator One. That's, I think that's what it's presenting. Yes, it okay. doesn't logically. It doesn't make sense because then Cyber Nine should have been reduced to rubble. No, that's not just that. If I'm the Terminator in the Terminator, I have one target: Sarah Connor. Right. You just take it you out just when you have find to get her within a hundred yards of her. And shoot herself in the chest and blow up. She is dead. It turns these Terminators into suicide bombs. And in the end, that's how he takes out the TX, is by suiciding himself and blowing himself up, which he had multiple opportunities to do before that. I mean, if he's going to do it, he could have done it like three or four times. You're spot on. I, I dislike it in particular because it's not like they didn't have another way to exit. That huge door that he's trying to hold up could have just as been just as effective at destroying both of those machines. Yeah, crush them. Right. It's not like Terminators have never been crushed by anything before. <laughs> you know, there's no precedent for that. I mean, you could say, well, people want something that's new in terms of like the destruction, but I, I think that the actual fans of this franchise they like the connections between the movies, and I think that yeah. probably would have been way better that the T eight hundred and the TX get destroyed. You know, you couldn't have that for the T one thousand, right? Because you can't just crush that thing because it's liquid metal. It would move around. Right, exactly. But the TX, you can, so let's do it again. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I think it would have, if you like basically recreated the ending from the first Terminator, but made it that this time he's sacrificing himself, and right. he's remaining in the press willingly in order to keep her at you, bay. You're combining the elements of the Terminator, how dest- you destroy the original T-800, right. with T-2, meaning it's the father figure that's protecting John. It's the per- it's the perfect way to destroy both him and her. Yeah, and it, it's it's respectful of... The, the franchise and, right. and faithful to it. I, there, I mean, the, I, I admitted that there, it's a, it, there are weak things in this movie, and I don't like it, but I think I remember it. It's better than I remember. This is one of the worst parts. This is the equivalent I was comparing with TX to R2-D2 earlier. This is the equivalent of R2-D2 being having jets in the prequels <laughs> and being able to fly around. It's like, what? He had this the whole time? But I, really, are you telling me that the Terminators had nuclear bombs in their chest the whole time? <laughs> it's a good question. They were trying to, to yeah, blow up Cyberdyne. <laughs> 
what would they could have where do we need we need to find explosives where can we find explosives oh wait maybe i have this inside my belly yeah God, that really bothers me. I hate the bomb in his chest. It's lazy, and, and it's not just late. It's unnecessary. That's what kills me about it. A lot of these things that we'll criticize sometimes, we can't come up with better puns. You know, like the, the axe line. We don't come up with better puns. It's easy to criticize and actually create. But this, this, is, I, this is so easily solved. Right. You have it right there. Just have them both be crushed. Right. There's literally no need for it's, it. No, and it's faithful to the franchise, and it, it combines probably the two best... Maybe not best, but two elements of T1 and T2. It's a perfect way to end it. Right. And this nuclear bomb thing is all it does is cause problems and it solves no problems. Right. And it, but it, it's like that, oh, the, the, the budget is bigger. We need more explosions. Right. Here's another explosion, explosion for, for your movie, movie kid. I That's, mean, that's basically what it is. It's dumb. It really is. Uh, anyway, let's move on. So this is then when they, they stop to gas up. And uh, he, there, there's some foolish decisions made in this we've already covered it i will say i will go back and watch him throwing those those groceries in yeah. again we basically already talked about this scene i don't know if we need to but the the biggest mistake is why would they let kate out why i, I they shouldn't have done it there because they're getting food and they need she needs to eat at right. some point okay so they they're just trying to give her food i think but yeah, drive a mile down the road. Then open exactly the door. when there's nobody around. This that, that this is one of those plot things that I'm like I was in fear. I mean, I know they wanted to get it to. They want this confrontation. There's got to be a better solution than because the Terminator well, lets her out. That is the most illogic. A, a machine would not make that logical decision. I agree. I mean, it, it's does this have any impact on the plot at all? Like this guy sees them, sees them, and he calls the police. Yeah, but then they get caught in a minute at the. At the uh, cemetery. I, and they conveniently know that they went to a cemetery. But that you're supposed to take that that phone call to the police is how the police, the SWAT team, finds them. Okay, I guess. I mean, they already knew what the car was, right? From the, from the yeah, animal but, hospital. But they, they know what, somehow they know where to look for it at a cemetery after getting the call from this gas station. It's another thing. It's really convenient and lazy. Yeah, I wasn't even really sure if this mattered that this guy saw her or whatever. And the guy obviously like, robbed him already. Or yeah. the Terminator already robbed him yes. and then told him to talk to the, to the hand. <laughs> talk to the hand. Yeah. I, I do like how this guy reacts. Like, it's, it's such a dumb moment, but the guy kind of reacts like, oh, man, I just got served, you know? <laughs> <laughs> From the talk to the hand. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, and there's music, too. The, the music is what makes it worse. Yeah. It's, I don't understand why they would go with this weird, I guess it's funk, because the guy keeps telling us how funky he is. Funky, funky what, it, what it reminded me of was the flying hellfish episode when uh, the painting is uncovered and the rich the rich guy come, shows up in his in his car. Hey, fun boys, <laughs> get the room, huh? I don't think it's quite Ding. that. It's not quite that techno, but it's just it's a bad piece of music. Yeah. And it like fades it up like as a punctuation. No, but, it talk to the head. Funky. No, it's, <laughs> what the hell? It, it's dumb. I mean, it, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> So before we leave this convenience store, yeah. two more product placements oh, to discuss. First being AMPM. Yep, itself. you're right. I didn't think about that, but that one is really blatant. And it lingers on the, the entrance. It holds, yes. And then when the guy, after he says talk to the hand, the guy gives his reaction like, oh, man. It deliberately pans down to get a planter's uh, stand-up in the shot. <laughs> I kind of almost want to find it to show you because it's just, it's so, it, it reframes the shot. That's almost offensive product placement. It's pretty bad. Like, I noticed, like, why is the camera panning down a little bit? Oh, <laughs> Because Mr. Peanut needs his five seconds <laughs> those, of screen time. Those monocles aren't cheap. 
<laughs> right, you got to pay for those top hats and monocles somehow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm playing it while... There, there's uh, okay, planners. There's planners. Here, I'll unmute it. We have to talk to the hand. So we can hear the music. You're right. Okay, here, right here. Look. It tans down. It's <laughs> planners in again. That's over the top. Yeah, it's real bad. Because uh, everything is bad about that. Uh, so you. this is where then, yeah, he makes the mistake of letting her out and then the, the guy being able to see her. And then so you get a, another exposition dump of John figuring out that they were they, that her father, he was supposed to meet her father at some point, no matter what. And all they did was kick the can down the road in the first movie. Yeah. It, or this, second movie. I'm sorry. Second movie. Well, but this is like some kind of theoretical alternate history that we never saw. Right? It's like, if the Terminator hadn't showed up in the second movie, he would have hooked up with her and they would have gotten, they would have been a couple in junior high. And that, that, that's the assertion. Yes. Yeah. But that never happened, did it? Or was there some alternate r- reality we didn't see? No, it didn't. So he, he's, yeah, he's making, jumping to the conclusion that after, you know, what is it, what, seven minutes in heaven, whatever it is, in Mike Kripke's basement, it, the, the Terminator showing up, T-1000 showing up, and the altercation at the mall changes everything, right? And right. So in his view, T-1000 doesn't show up. He just goes and scams some money out of the ATM, goes and plays at the arcade, and then, yeah, goes and sees her later, and their relationship blossoms over time, and she gets, he gets to know her father. Sure, all, theoretically that all makes sense, but I'm saying, was there an actual alternate? I, I, I don't think there is one, no. Yeah, it's not really clear the way time travel even works anymore because it's so confusing, but like, I guess... I don't know. It's probably not even worth digging into because it's no, it's so, not. You consider and draw diagrams with straws and no. There's, uh, but the, <laughs> it the, uh, basically it's just another exposition dump. John's trying to like figure out. Oh, this was always going to happen, and it, it's just setting up the ending. It's it's just giving another point in the column of fate. Yeah, the movie's trying to convince us. Like, hey, guess what? Fate is real, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, he has to be with her. So what I have now is cut to fiance Zeus. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> he's first of all he's still asleep. I don't know what time it's supposed to be. It's <laughs> Probably that's like a, that's a good point. What a lazy bum. <laughs> Ten a.m. or something. Yeah, he's a bum. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe there's a maybe she had a legitimate reason not to want to marry this guy. Oh, that's clear. I mean, he's, he's a dope at the very least. Like <laughs> he has no personality. <laughs> no, he has no. He's not a go getter. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. But he's body count number seven. She she kills him off screen, but there's like chainsaw noises. There is like even beyond her just like and, cutting to. And a what's wolf. funny is this is the one where I thought that like this is probably where they got the R rating because there it's pretty a lot of blood that comes somewhere you know it's off screen though it's off screen but i'm saying what the difference between pg and 13 and r from what i'm understood is is the level of gore and violence and or not gore the level of gore and this really ups the gore from anything else in this movie is this one yeah i mean it's implied gore but i I know i agree you're right it's mostly this movie is very bloodless like we were saying earlier but uh, I just don't know why there's so much screen. gore for fiance Zeus. What, why does he deserve him and this poor detective in a few minutes? No, that's tr- that's the gore. Yeah. That's way way. And I don't know more why. Extreme. That's the one. That's the only. I, I, you know, this is off screen. I don't think it's that bad. But yeah, I forgot about that guy driving. The car. It's either Edwards or Bell. I don't remember which one. <laughs> oh my goodness! So you're gonna knock at the door, and now just in the nick of time, these detectives show up. Yeah, and here's where these the, are almost Zeus's of the movie as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. These these characters are so pointless. Where they? I mean, I. I if guess they maybe had, they're trying to let make you think that these are like the cop characters, like in the first movie with uh, with Lance uh, Henriksen and uh, Paul Winfield. Yeah, but, but they're not. They're totally worthless. No, they really are. 
Yeah, and this is where it establishes that she can change her shape and disguise herself as, as yeah. he, he, And this is my beef. I think we talked about it even on, on a little bit of the criticism on T2. She doesn't use this enough. No. Almost never. Almost never. This, I don't understand this. And every time she uses it, she totally squanders it. Because, like, this, this time she disguises herself as him, then gives herself away by killing the guy, <laughs> both of them. By literally punching through the Gabriel yeah. Byrne end of day style. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then when he shows up, like, she finds Kate. The TX finds Kate. And changes into the TX. Prematurely. Why would you do that? So this time she totally squanders this disguise. Doesn't help her at all. And then later when she disguises herself as Kate, it's completely wasted in the f- facility. Right. And those are the only two times she does this. Yeah. So, yeah, it, she didn't need to have this disguise ability. Like, what the cops could have knocked on the door and she was at the TX and she's like, oh, I'm a friend. Yeah. You know, I'm staying with her. You know, T2 can't have this one thing for itself. No. I, T3's got to steal this, too. You're, you're probably right. I would have been fine if it's supposed to be an upgrade, right? That it would have the capabilities of the T1000. If it was going to be used, but if you're going to squander it, then no, don't don't even yeah. bother. If this Terminator did not have the ability to do this, it would not affect the movie in not any single significant no. way. Because we wouldn't have fiance Zeus. <laughs> well, I mean, she could still kill the guy. But uh, what? Why? And then when the cops show up, she's herself and saying, "I'm a friend." Maybe. Oh, I've been looking for her. Take me to the cemetery. I guess you're right, but this was on the stuff that I had. Just get rid of all of this because he doesn't matter, and these cops don't really matter. Right. Well, that's true too. Yeah, you're right. Because get rid of all of it. You're, she you're can, right. She can take over all these machines. Why can't she just go find another cop car and basically take over the police radio or a police scanner and yeah, find out where they are? That's you're right. I mean, her whole, all her like tactics of just like her plan of getting to them. Oh, it's dumb. It's all dumb. Yeah. So, I, fiance Zeus and these cops, I would write completely out of this movie. I agree. This whole thing is just it's a waste of time. No. So. They, I don't know how you're still saying you thought it was because I movie. I really remembered this as like one of the worst movies that I paid money to go see, and it wasn't as okay. bad as I remembered. So here's here's where the T800 does a TX move. First of all, I want to know why in the middle of the day a cemetery is locked. But let's just put that aside. <laughs> he just drives right through this locked gate. Well, I, th- I think he just goes through like the service entrance. Doesn't want to have to go through the main entrance. <laughs> okay, that's around the block. That's too much. <laughs> I don't have time. I need to get these weapons now. He does it on the way out too. A different. Is gate. there another gate? <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, I forgot about that. Does. <laughs> two, so then two apparently gates. there's multiple service entrances to this cemetery. I mean, yeah, it's, cemeteries have a lot of entrances. Usually, there's only one like public entrance. He couldn't have been low key and just driven into That's the main That's what my entrance. point is: is that this he take he the T eight hundred makes a TX move here and it goes no stealth whatsoever. Right. No, agreed. And well, but then, why, okay, well, why are they even here? I know they're there for the weapons or whatever. I think they want. Why I think? Yeah, because they needed a Sarah Connor reference. Well, okay, yes, I think that's what it is. Honestly. They I, had to acknowledge Sarah Connor and what happened to her. I think you're right. No, there's no question that they needed to acknowledge what happened. I don't know if this was a good way to do it, but... And also, at the same time, I loathe it, but I love that he carries a coffin. Because I think it's over the top, but from our discussions of The Running Man and Commando, I do love it. 56 years old. Yeah, he's still carrying things over he's his shoulder. He's still carrying things over his shoulder. I agree. As an image, it... it it really works for me, but... But what doesn't work is, apparently, it's a bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. No. How is John safe in that thing? And how does he fit in that thing? Because there's so many... You're right. Full. Do you think they dumped some weapons along the way? I mean, they must have. But, I mean, the thing is, it's a casket. It is des- deliberately designed to be <laughs> human-sized, to fit exactly <laughs> to fit person. one person. He's in there with a huge pile of guns. <laughs> and, yeah, it's also bulletproof. So stupid. I mean, it was clearly a custom order coffin. 
I, I guess. I mean, it's Sarah's coffin, so maybe she's specifically said, I want a bulletproof coffin I just mean, in case. <laughs> just in case somebody needs and it. You never know. Um, this whole thing, is this whole sequence is backwards. It's just reverse engineered. Hey, let's get a scene in a cemetery where he carries a coffin and she's a machine gun. That's a cool image. How do we get that? I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. They just didn't really I think you're right. And here's one. So one of my notes that I had in it, uh, the T-800 knows about it. John, you know, John has this moment where he's trying to you know, stop him from doing it. None of that stuff matters. But yeah. he says that, oh, you know, Sarah Connor was, you know, cremated with her and these weapons were stored in accordance with her will. How does he know what her will said? <laughs> right. And also, why does she need a will? Like, she's filing this. She's like yeah, talking like, to lawyers about it. <laughs> she, she seems like she's not the woman who was talking to lawyers. Just put a 50 in the guy's pocket who works at the... <laughs> At the cemetery. Hey, I'm going to bring in some guns. Make this happen. It's in her will. She put it in her will. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy thing to do. Like, do you think a cemetery would let you do that? No. Also, presumably, these are loaded weapons. Yes, no, they absolutely would not. Okay. So you have another... Will or no? You have another moment here before he walks out with the coffin of Kate trying to escape with the gun and him catching the bullet. It's all kind of lame. I, I didn't really like Catches that. Catches bullets in his teeth like, uh, like the last dragon. Right. Yeah, this whole sequence. Like, really, it, my whole problem with it is just for, like, plot-wise, his mission is to get them to safety. Why does he need an arsenal to do that? He doesn't. They're not planning to take down cyber, or there is no cyber down anymore, but they're not planning to stop, at this point, they're not planning to stop Judgment Day. You're right. I, the only thing I took is that maybe it's because he knows the TX is still out there and he needs, he needs something because it's clear not just him in a fist fight is going to beat the T, TX. I guess. But, I mean, if all they had to do was change vehicles and get away. I mean, you think about like the moment in Terminator 2 where they get away, and the only reason why they, they end up encountering the T-1000 again is because they go back to take down Cyberdyne. Right. You know, they should have just put enough distance between them yeah. and L.A. And I mean, I guess the TX is a magical Terminator who knows when Kate is at work and all that. Well, so maybe she just has like their secret satellite. There's in. a lot of magic here, though, because SWAT knows they're at the cemetery. Yeah, this is another one. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a lot of magic here. You do you do get a an, a moment here where John is, you know, the, the Terminator trying to be a motivational speaker Terminator and, yeah. and getting John uh, yeah. know, choking him and that anger is more useful than despair. I, whatever. <laughs> I don't have any strong opinions about that. It's just, yeah. it's it's definitely not the kind of thing that the Terminator Two Terminator would have done. No. But that's fine. No, <laughs> I have no problem with that. I don't. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just it is. It is what it is. And so yeah, then this is where you get the punching of the because they then on the radio know where they're at. This is the this poor, this poor guy. Yeah. And how does he keep his foot on the gas? Well, that's the part that made me laugh is because yeah, she. She's disguised as fiance. She punches through the guy's chest. Once she finds out where they are, they hear the radio. They're at the cemetery. Right. That, that you know, Arnold and, and John are, and punches through, grabs the wheel. Well, punches through, kills the other cop. Yep. I like his reaction. He's just like, "Oh God, Jesus, Jesus!" Oh God, <laughs> He's trying to get his gun. Yes, <laughs> that's a really great performance. That yeah. one, that, that guy. And then, yeah, she does like a power slide. It's like, how is she hitting the brake? <laughs> I forgot about the brake. You're right. She'd need the brake for that. Is she, so does she have a foot through his <laughs> chest also? I, I would guess she then put a foot through, yeah. I mean, that's what I was imagining. Is she's just like... It's, it's like Pinocchio. She's... <laughs> yeah. Also, it's a miracle of this movie uh, managed to uh, resist a backseat driver joke. Oh, yeah. That would have been a really easy one. I can't believe they didn't. It's one of those things where it's just like, this is low-hanging fruit they didn't go <laughs> you for. Didn't, you didn't knock that one off the tree. No. So uh, what's that, this? What's they're eight and nine. Eight and nine. Guys. Yeah, this, this is not. And it's, uh, this is then where 
Swat. Kate has made it out, and she uh, she's seeing uh, a crisis counselor. <laughs> yeah. Earl Bowen as Dr. Silberman reappears yeah. for this cameo. He's a crisis counselor? Does that seem like the appropriate job for Dr. Silberman? No. He has no <laughs> sympathy whatsoever. No. I mean, he seems like he has softened a little bit, but then it becomes very clear that he has not recovered from his own trauma. <laughs> no, no, he has not. So he's a he's crisis so, counselor. I wanted to ask you this, and I'll ask the audience at Bed Punts Podcast on Twitter. Do, do, do you think this was just too ham-fisted? No, no pun on the... Uh, <laughs> On the, on the punch through. I mean, <laughs> do, honestly, do you think this was too much that they just were trying to jam another other than Arnold having another connection in all the movies? It's very forced, this cameo, for sure. The, I mean, the idea that he's a crisis counselor, and then he shows up on the scene. Right. You know, it's very, very forced. But that said, I like Dr. Silberman. You like the character and you like Earl Bowen, so you're probably okay with it. And it helps just to get one other actor from the previous movies in this. You know, it's, I mean, if he hadn't been in the movie, it would have just been Arnold. Like, the, the, the connection between T2 and T3 is so flimsy in terms right. of, like, all parts are recast. Some characters are dead, died between movies. It's just like, okay, it's nice to see Earl Bowen. It helps make it feel like a Terminator movie that he's here. But he doesn't. He should have had more to do. They should have found a role for him in the story. Yeah, they're just showing up. Well, because they had so much other stuff that was wasted. I mean, right. if you were going to have this fiance, then maybe the fiance should interact with Earl Bowen, right? In in some ways, that he's a crisis counselor for that. I don't know what it is, but if you're gonna, you I, to me, you have a bunch you can cut out of this movie. You could have come up with something else to make more logical sense to have Earl Bowen involved, or start with John in the the mental hospital or something, or who knows? Like, yeah, he. he should have been involved with the plot more yeah. um, or just not deal with it at all. I like that he's in the movie, but I mean, it, it, I like his, his reaction to seeing the Terminator coming oh, out with the casket and him running away. Oh, he's just running and aimlessly too. He's not taking <laughs> yeah. a straight line. He is just <laughs> he's he's disoriented. Yes, he is disoriented. He is just bailing. His, his, his acting in that moment where he, he sees the Terminator is funny, but it's, and then I, it's silly. So I want to know why does this T eight hundred? Why is there not a point zero for the human casualties? I know this is my note here. Even this Come they on. screwed up. Even this, they I, I up. was. I will admit, I was mad about this. Yeah, human. It says human casualties zero zero zero. I also don't know why this Terminator, because John specifically in T two gives the instruction for that, including the which sets up my probably my favorite part. He'll live. Yeah, yeah, because he did not come programmed that way. So why does this Terminator come programmed to have human casualties as zero? And later, when the Terminator gets corrupted, John says something to him like, "You said you couldn't kill human beings." Which, no, he didn't. He never said that. I, that jumped out at me. I said, "No, he never said that." Yeah, you're right. So there must be. I a, missed that. There must be a deleted scene, but yet none of the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray are Show that. that. So yeah. I don't know. It, it does feel like a punchline without a setup. It's just like human casualties zero zero zero. It's like, well, if you hadn't seen Terminator two, that would make no sense. Yeah, it makes zero. No, sense. No, you're right. It doesn't. It and, makes zero point zero sense. And then, and then on top of it, they get it wrong. There needs to be a de- that's why actually it works right. in the first one is because there's a decimal point. Like there can be <laughs> a casualty that is a percentage. But it's just like that's what the Terminator is now. It's kind of what I was saying earlier about you know Indiana Jones, all the rough edges being sanded off. He is the Terminator, but just by default now, he doesn't kill anybody. He didn't need to be told this. Yeah. Just like, I don't kill anyone. What am I, some kind of a Terminator? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, it, it's the wrong decision, because in the second movie, they go out of their way. I mean, a good chunk of the exposition is why he can't kill. Why? Yeah, the Terminator fights him about why? it. Right. <laughs> it's his reason to exist. His <laughs> definition. What, what, is your, what is your mission? I am a Terminator. <laughs> right. That's what he is. That's what he does. He terminates people. 
it, it, it was infuriating to me. Not only, I mean, it's one thing if you want it to be consistent between the movies, I can kind of be okay with it. But to then get the detail, if you're going to show that detail of the human casualties joke, you have to get it right. Yeah. It does not work in the slightest no. without the previous movie. So Kate, Kate is uh, taking this opportunity to take off, and this is where you get Scott pulling up and the TX foolishly changing out of its disguise. There's so much in this movie that is just indefensible. There's no reason why the Terminator, no, I, the, Term- the TX would reveal herself. No, and this, but this gets me back to the reason or what I said is that if somebody else, like if Cameron had been involved, I don't think that there are things here that can't, I think, easily be fixed. Because a couple of these we've already determined that you could easily fix, in particular, not having the fiancé at all and just not having the shape-shifting ability. Write that stuff out, and you can still get to where, you, where this movie went. You can, right. you can debate me that having Judgment Day inevitable is the wrong decision. That's fine. But if that's going to be your movie, there's other things you can improve in here and make this a way better movie, and it's not that hard to fix some of these right. things. Right. Kate never gets separated. She never escapes from the mausoleum. Right. No Earl Bowen, no moment with the, the fiancé. No. She escapes with them. Right. Or I guess, well, she would also have to fit in that coffin then. So. No, but you could even have her escape, but the TX just pulls up as the TX, and then she's like, oh, my God, and tries running away, and yeah. that's when Arnold comes in with the rocket launcher to take care of the primary weapon. Yeah. It's a rocket launcher. I think it's kind of a, in theory, it's fun, but I hate that, like, Rocket launcher view, view, yeah, remi- rocket cam, like it's quake. Like, it know. reminded me a little bit of True Lies. Is there a rocket? Oh yeah, you're fired. <laughs> I guess so. There's a. I mean, it's not the same, but it reminded me of that. I don't think it follows along with the rocket. It like comes at the camera and it goes. Yeah, yeah it comes at the camera. Yeah, I don't think the weird like. It's like it's like a video game thing where yeah. you know you're seeing the, like a camera. It's it's the rocket view whatever. following it, and then I don't like actually the the tomb stone the way it breaks i think it looks bad yeah it's phony, definitely a phony like cgi tombstone yeah um yeah they, they escape in this hearse yeah so the only here i literally have two notes for this is another one of these that, man it's a lot of wasted money and time on this i just have kate doesn't seem that upset that scott is dead and that we established the tx can run really fast yeah they, they, they also steal the like the running style of the the t1000 t1, she does that and um, I mean, Kate doesn't know that sh- that Scott's dead at this point, right? All she knows is she saw someone who looked like Scott who then transformed into... Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe she, I was unfair. She learns that, I think, during the chase where he, the Terminator explains, like, oh, what it touches your, your, fiance's your fiance's dead. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, um, one thing I noticed with this chase, the right front hubcap of this hearse comes off twice. Yeah, okay. I saw it too. When <laughs> okay. they go, it, like, I like the one where it just like, shoots up the, the hill. hill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not the 1960s. Do cars have hubcaps like that? Like, come on. Well, that hearse might have been pretty old. That's so. true, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like this hearse, and I kind of don't, because it's, it it's a bit much. Yeah. In what way? Like, it's another, like, dumpy vehicle that they're I just, trying to the, get away in? Yeah, but the way that it gets cut in half. Oh, that that's, under, yeah, it, that's it's too much. I thought you just meant just the hearse in general. But yes, this, that sequence where they go under the did truck. You, did you notice the, the name of the cemetery? It's like Valley of the Peace or something like that. I did, I did kind of laugh at that. I didn't, I, it's something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, it, it Peace is the last. I think it's Valley of the Peace. I did, I did kind of laugh that the funeral home is Valley of the Peace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah you're right. Yeah, it's written on the side of the hearse. On yeah. the hearse, right. Uh, but yeah, this, this sequence, whatever. She jumps on the top of the thing and tries cutting her way in. And then, yeah, he just drives underneath. Was that another product placement? I didn't know oh, what that stuff was. Yes, it's a diet pill. Oh, does had, it still exist? It still exists. I had to look it up because it's like, what is that? Zenadrine EFX. I don't know. Why would you pay to be in a movie? Well, like, 
do you do you think people are buying this seeing this movie i mean i can't imagine why anyone would buy a diet pill based on having seen it in a movie right but there's no question that they paid money to be in this movie after they drive under it right they, they drive under it the yep. thing gets sheared off they drive down the hill and the tx gets knocked off then they cut back up to her and she gets up it's oh. like a second and a half lingering shot it's on like the side of the truck. It's like a billboard. No damage on that logo in the slightest. No. They drove a hearse into it, <laughs> and it's perfectly pristine billboard, like you said. You're yeah. right. It's like, it's like a billboard on screen. There's the tiniest bit of like, sh- like dirt or like scoring or whatever, but it's below. Oh, clean, the- clean that truck off. We need, I don't know, they paid a lot of money to be in this. And it fills the frame. Yeah. It's no, the it, entire screen. It's the entire this- screen. And that's the reason I was confused. I'm like, this can't be a fake product, but I've never heard of this. This was so, this was wasted money on their part. I mean, you know, it's just like, you know how like bowl games now, you'll get a bowl game or yeah. just like, you know, the abqx.com bowl or whatever. Like, what the hell is that? Or, yeah. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. So I'm sure they thought this is going to pay off. I guess. We're going to get the word out on our diet pill. This was another one that if this was a, diff- if this was a different movie, I, again, I didn't remember it. I thought that this was going to be another collateral damage. This poor truck driver. But luckily, he, he sees the flamethrower getting used first and turns and runs away. I thought this was another guy. I'm like, oh, this guy's toast. Nope. Yeah. Same thing with the company car guy. Nope. Yeah, this movie is not, it's not interested in killing bystanders, really, except for that cat lady. So they, they established we, we need a new vehicle. I did like the Victory Auto Wreckers moment for the people living here in <laughs> Chicago with the hearse where the door, he opens it, and it literally falls off. You're right. It is a very Victory oh, Auto Wreckers. It's 100% Victory Auto Wreckers. All needed was someone to come by with a handful of cash. Yes. At 710 East Green in Bensonville near O'Hare. Oh, wow. That's impressive memory. <laughs> you, you, you want product placement? There you go. You can Google Victory Auto Wreckers. I mean, it's, it's, on, it's on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I... I know it's mo- known here, but I'm, I would guess that people that have moved from Chicago have spun the yarn of how great the local Victory Auto Wreckers commercial was. That and the Eagle Man commercial. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a thing anymore. Is it really local commercials? No. It's a shame. No. Um, but wait, I want to back up a little bit because that flamethrower, she decides on that flamethrower after scrolling through a preposterous number of alternate weapons. How many were there? 24. Come on! I am not kidding you. 24. She has 24 weapons in that arm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why isn't she using... Uh, do you want... I know we're really long, but I, I have a list if you want to go through the list. So just... Are there a couple of highlights? Here, I'll just blast through them real fast. XFLRG 44 millimeter, 45 Cascader. HDE Predator 333B, KLD Magnum Repeater, IAD Chemtech, which is, which is the flamethrower, uh, Tracking E-Blaster, <laughs> BioRail 325R-9. Is an E-Blaster, does it just send a bunch of Groupon emails? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Twin Barrier Gun, Finite Rapid Cluster Gun, Crescent Collider Blaster, P31 caustic shells, sub RO neutralizer, <laughs> HK54335, which I guess is like the super duper future. HK is still making HKs. That's awesome. Laser X ray burst gun, EMP generator. That would come in handy. You'd think so. <laughs> I mean, if she would shut herself down, probably. 223 automatic stopper. Rumsfeld PS1 caustic. Oh, that was a welcome to the Bush years, yep. 2003. Armor Pro Blaster CG45 Needler, 873 chain repeater, Consiglio E Blaster, 
Nano Disruptor .222 millimeter, M41 pulse rifle, which is just the gun from Aliens. Really? The pulse, you know, that, yeah. that gun. Uh, and then Sentry Cannon. Just says wow. Sentry Cannon. That's a lot of weapons. Yeah, and the fact that Flamethrower is the best of those, I kind of, I kind of, well, maybe that's the only one that was working. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of awesome stuff in there. <laughs> but, okay, here's my question. All this stuff sounds like ballistic weapons, and then this flamethrower. What would she be using for ammunition with this stuff? And with the flamethrower, what is she using for fuel? Does she have like a gasoline tank in her ass? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? How, does, how could she have a flamethrower? Flamethrower needs fuel. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's funny that you say that. I mean, a plasma cannon is energy, so I can kind of buy that. But flamethrower... <laughs> Because I just went to see Monster Trucks, which is oh, really? uh, with my son Jonathan, and I was going to say how it's it falls into the category for me of movies that the publicity and the reviews really bang on it. I actually didn't think it was. I had wanted it to be like a fun, bad, like Mac and Me type movie that okay. would, would be, but it, 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 for a family, you know, kind of movie, it was fine. I don't know why the critics are just destroying it so much. I mean, I didn't see How to Train Your Dragon, but it just looked that, but their cars. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it looked but like I mean, to me. it's totally fine, but I mean, Viacom took like a hundred, it took, spent like $130 million on it and wrote the movie down like immediately. But it, it to, to me, it's the same. So the reason I bring it up is because in the movie, the monsters eat oil. And so now I've okay. just got this idea that the TX needs to go like start drinking cans of oil to make the, to make the, I mean, that would have made more sense. Work. <laughs> that would have made more sense. Something. You know what I'm saying? She has to be consuming some kind of fuel. I, you're right. No, that doesn't. It, I'm just, really I, I can't. Me. I can't defend it. And the fact that there are that many weapons and the best one that she comes up with is the flamethrower. <laughs> if that's not the only one that works, if there's some of those other ones that work, some of those other ones should have been used. I mean, they all sounded very impressive. Anyway, they they Arnold and the rest of them and John and Sarah. Are yeah. Sarah. So, so they go. Sarah, they they go to get a new vehicle. We get uh, a little bit of discussion of not understanding human pair bonding. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which was kind of funny. And I, effectively, the, the, on more exposition dump, John comes to the conclusion, we need to get to your dad. I mean, that really is what this entire section of the movie is. It's the biggest exposition dump in this whole movie, and it's just way too long. Yeah. This is a five-and-a-half-minute long scene. <laughs> you obviously were annoyed that you went and checked the calendar. I guess, because it's so long. and nothing. All the, yeah, it's just a scene where they decide, let's so stop Judgment Day. Yeah, no, let's stop it, and how we stop it, we got to go talk to your dad. Yeah, That's and it. steal some poor, people, some poor family's RV. I had that. Is this Walton Jesse's RV? Is this how it got started on its downward descent? <laughs> what ends up happening to this? I guess they just leave it at the. Yeah, the, they, they leave it at the airbase. Say Walton Jesse would have to get it back at some point. Uh, so yeah, so they drive, and John is he somehow you know I guess Sarah had explosives stored in that coffin as well because he's getting explosives ready, isn't he at this point? Yeah, it's, it seems like he's making it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's built out of the stuff that they get from the AMPM. Possibly <laughs> home, homemade bombs. I don't know. No, no, because no, he's. I'm pretty sure it's C4. You're right. It is C4. So yeah, it must have been in that coffin. Weapons we cache. The, then this driving sequence is then when you get that Kate is the one who can give the instructions, not John. Right, and you get more exposition about this is the Terminator that killed him, and yeah. he follows her. Blah blah blah. It's just too much information that I don't really necessarily care that this terminator killed john in the future no i is did, it really did, important no does that, that was my problem with it is that why does why does any of that matter and why you know it, this is another thing oh because it's going to put kate in charge the the whole the whole i don't know if it's joke but the whole reason that that worked in 
T2 was that he John discovers, right? He's a, he's a little kid, and then he... I mean, think about that. If you're 12 years old or whatever, and you figure out you've got a machine that you can... Right. That's, that's a funny... And you can't play it out too much, but that's why that works. This... You're right. Is there's it's no... like it's a connection to T2 that does... It, 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 why it worked in T2 is because it was a young kid. It doesn't matter and doesn't work in, when they're adults. What would Kate do that would be that much different from John? Yeah, and, and this is the moment where I was... I think John should have really taken command here, or Kate should have, anybody, but, I mean, really, this whole, this whole ending is, like, I, I know they wanted to make it, like, a personal connection where Kate wants to save her father, and we gotta go save my father. They're not really trying to stop Judgment Day. She just wants to save her father. It's right. the only reason the, the Terminator goes along with it. So they're not making, like, a moral decision. They're making a, a, an emotional decision. She yep. wants to save her father. I, what I really wanted it to be was... The Terminator is following her orders. He's saying, I'm not, I, I'm not helping you stop Judgment Day. I'm taking you to safety. And John says, okay, then go to hell. I'll do it myself. He goes off, and then Kate changes her mind. Changes her mind. You know, I mean, but she's, the way they've set it up, she's going to be the one pushing to go because of her father, which is not good for John's story. No. John is just tagging along to her story, essentially. Yep. No, I, I hadn't thought about that. You're right, though. It's just not interesting. It's part of the reason why it feels like John is just tagging along. It's because... He has no personal stake in this, other than her, I guess, but they haven't really, they don't have any kind of a deep connection at this point. They've even saying here, like, oh, you're not my type, or whatever. So, he almost doesn't need to be in his own movie. Nope. Um, especially because they fail to stop Judgment Day anyway. No, so, from there, you get back to Zeus, General Zeus, if you want, <laughs> that, uh, you know, finally, the, the military hardware is starting to be overtaken, and... Um, you then get uh, a quick one back. This was a one that I it was a total wasted scene. It's just Kate and John are like joking around and starting to get to like each other in back of the RV. It's uh, why? Yeah, th- I think it's a good line where he, where the Terminator goes, "Your levity is important," or whatever. It, it relieves tension in the fear of death. <laughs> whatever he says, <laughs> that, that it is fear of death. That is pretty funny. Um, but it needed to follow a better scene than that. Yeah, like someone actually laughing. Like, yeah, they're just kind of like. Oh, like you were the first boy I kissed. Oh, and then they kind of like creepily smile at each other for like five seconds, and then just, your levity is good. It's like, this should have been somewhat of a joke or like a funny moment. Yeah, I, like it, it, what the scene should be. Sorry to cut you off, but this, the way the scene should be is they're worried they're going to die. Tension, tension, tension. And then there's a joke. Ha, ah, we've relieved tension. Your levity is good. It relieves tension. Now he's caused the tension again. Right. You know, set up punchline. There's, it's just a weird moment that. He comments on and in, in particular, you don't have to ever really have a stake in them really liking each other to care about their being husband and wife later. Because really, in reality, they were in a bombshell. What what other logical choice you know would they really have had? There weren't going to be that many people, so they were probably going to get together no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. They don't even have to really like each other that much, right? Right. They, what choice do they have? I mean, they probably have some, but not very much. Right, so, what's much. the point? Right. I, I just would have thrown it out. Anyway, I will move. I just I was annoyed by that. No, I, I I agree. So now we have somehow the magic. You know that the logic of Robert Brewster, the TX, has magically made her way onto the base. Yeah. Oh, does she hear yet? I think she's later. But no, no, no. When you you cut to her, she's walking around in her. She's got her hair up in a different bun, and she's in an Air Force uniform. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm having trouble finding it. But my my question was, did she kill someone for that uniform, or did she just I. You know, morph herself into Well, that's the thing is you don't know. It's off screen. I I don't know if she can change, you know, and shape clothes, but she had to have because Scott's, she's got Scott's clothes and then changes to her. So, yeah, she had to have been, she has the ability to morph clothes. Oh, I would assume so. Yeah. So So, I I, I didn't count it, but typically when a Terminator is, 
something else. Yeah. So I, but she's herself. She's just different clothes. Right. She's herself. So I, I wouldn't have counted one. Okay. But yeah, this is we get some uh, information from, from Brewster's Minions, I was calling them. It's, yeah. I'm getting into my Brewster's Millions puns. I got a few more coming up. They they they're they're civilian contractors basically, and they give you some exposition. That's it. Did you notice who one was? That- Somehow he's gone on to bigger and better things. Well, I think this was like the trough of his career because, uh, yeah, because my my comment here is former host of Singled Out and current Supreme Emperor of the Nerd Industrial Complex, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> the Nerd Industrial Complex. I I have a whole screed about. Chris Hardwick here that it's probably we're so long I'm not going to get into but I'm, he seems like a nice guy I don't like what he represents in the culture I don't disagree I do not like him one bit you don't like him personally or you just don't like I don't know about personally but like his whole thing don't get don't like I, he seems like a nice enough guy whatever it's not worth getting into I have a lot to say about this but we don't have time <laughs> all right uh, so what you do get here I do like seeing the the original Terminator I like seeing model the T1 yeah, I mean, the way you said that, it made it seem like it's something that was previously established. Like, they've invented this for Terminator 3. Here's, theoretically, the original they Terminator. They have, but what I'm saying, they've established it with, right, the the, the T-800. The T, I mean, there, no, it, there's a progression. I like that. It makes see, it makes sense. It's kind of weird that it's called the T-1. Yeah. Like, there's no models before this. You, would this think, is, well, you well, got it on the first try. Or you would think that it was the T-100, right? Since it's right. the T-800, you'd think it's in hundreds, not one. That literally, there were from one <laughs> yeah, the up to 800 <laughs> to get the walking one. Yeah, T-1 is so kind of weird. But I, I agree. It, it's a cool like machine. And yeah. it was just a practical, physical thing that Stan Winston's team did. And I saw that. And I, li- I, th- I thought it was one of the better parts in the movie. No, they do look cool. I agree. I was calling them Johnny Fives because really? they are kind of like it's, Johnny Fives. It's funny. I was reminding they reminded me a little bit of OCP. The the there are a little oh, bit yeah. not on wheels because the the I can't remember what faces off against RoboCop. The name of that, but it, it remi- Ed two hundred nine. Ed two yeah, that's what I. Think you're the is. RoboCop fan. I, I don't think sh- you should remember it, but I don't. So the uh, the other thing I got here as she's doing that, we, we when you get the yes no because you you brought that up, uh, you could get a Simpsons reference of just leaving the drinking bird in charge and letting it just keep hitting N. <laughs> right. But uh, what I did like in terms of reality catching up to it is the the, the distinction uh, for protocol right now for drone usage is that right now the way it's supposed to work is that while civilian contractors may be involved in around the process, civilians right now do not operate military uh, strike drones. And so this is a, a pretty early indication of it. Yeah, you might have civilian contractors working on this. Right, they're developing the drones, right? Developing them, but in terms of actual use... No, it, it so the difference is is like the CIA CIA might have drones today, but because the CIA are not they're not military, CIA cannot have use lethal force drones today, and I, I don't know if it will always be that way. Well, but they're, they're not allowed to. Doesn't mean they're not, they're not yeah, doing it. But but I, this is two thousand three, right? It, it, it is establishing pretty early on that there should be a demarcation point that no civilians should not be the one to engage military hardware. Yeah, but none of this is being deployed. It's still all in development, right? So I, I don't oh. think Skynet's being when he hits yes, Skynet is is a military product that is being deployed. I guess that's true. It's artificial intelligence. It's different. I'm using the example of today because we have drones and we have drones that can use lethal strikes. Right. I'm just using it. The AI it would be a military weapon, the way it's been developed, and that the military is the one who has to engage it. It is not civilians that but, are allowed to. Yeah, but they didn't expect. Th- activating Skynet to cause like live rounds to be fired at anybody. Like they, they just thought they were getting, no, they not, were eliminating a virus. 
eliminating a virus, but it was military technology, and that the protocol is is that even though it's being developed by, let's say, Lockheed or you know whatever, I forget what the name of the, the company is supposed to be. Uh, I'm not sure if you learned in the movie there is a deleted scene where they talk about how like all of these patents they acquired from Cyberdyne, oh, or whatever after Cyberdyne, yeah, went after out of the, business. Yeah, they reference Cyberdyne in a deleted scene and say, gotcha. "Oh, this is where they got, we got all this these patents." Either way, so I, some of this stuff, some of this stuff I actually liked. What I really had a huge problem with. How do the T-800, John and Kate, get to this secure location? Oh, I know. How? How could they not explain it? It just needed to be a real simple, quick scene, you know, or just whatever. (laughs) Well, do you think? Now I'm just picturing a trail of military guys clutching their shins going, You son of a bitch, you shot me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Just like, You son of a bitch, you shot me. Just like, okay, they're walking towards the building in the distance. In the foreground is a guy going, you son of a bitch, and you cra- crane up and reveal there's like a line of these dudes. <laughs> hundreds of these guys. They're all like echoing, you son of a bitch, you, you, son, you son of a bitch, you <laughs> shot me. Trying to take out the T-800. <laughs> I mean, do you think they shot their way in, or do you think they just like, I'm Kate Brewster, I, my I, father works here. I'm going to guess the Kate Brewster approach, as dumb as that is. Yeah, it's like a highly classified Right, facility. there's no way. She doesn't even know what he does. There's no way... They would allow her in. They don't know right. who she is. Yeah, I don't think you need to know how the ter- TX got there because she. No. You just assume she did something. Yes, she killed, killed somebody someone. to be able to right get there. And it's the same thing. Then you have this where oh, you know, he's uh, General Brewster sees his daughter get shot. Why? It was all dumb. It doesn't matter. I mean, this whole ending is real lousy. I think. I agree. Like, you know, the, those robots are cool. The T ones are. That's that's cool the to see. best part of the like the last twenty five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, just, because, yeah, what happens, she runs in as Kate, they blow yeah. her away, Yeah. then the she, TX gets up and just shoots him, yep. right? Yep, shoots him. He doesn't die right away because he has to give them some key information, but yeah, she shoots him right away. And then, yeah, they dock her down a shaft and she'll be back and all that. Yeah, so she gets knocked She'll down. be back is so bad. It's really bad. I'll be back. No, not I'll be back. I'm back wasn't great. Oh, later in yeah. this movie? Or? Well, yeah, it wasn't yeah. great, but she I would have preferred back. just having that. I'm back. Yeah. She'll be back was not good. Yeah. And so you get the sequence here where these, you're right, the, the T1s go on a killing spree, but it is consequenceless because you barely see anything. I only have six. You That's see six? Oh, perfect. I'm yeah. glad because it was kind of it was kind of tough. There were a couple where I'm like, are, are, are these repeats? But I, I counted six. Yeah, you definitely see more bodies lying on the ground. Brown, later, yes. I thought about maybe those, no, but six. Yeah. So we're at 16 now. Six and Brewster is the only ones I think you would take from this. So um, yeah, I, count, I counted him later when he actually dies. Basically, we then get to that, right? They're in his office. He tells them that they need to go to Crystal Peak and that they can follow, I don't know, this pipeline, which, I don't know, it's kind of dumb. It's a particle accelerator. Oh, that's right. To get to, okay, to, get to the airfield at an Air Force base, you have to pass through a particle accelerator. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That is dumb. Why do they even have a particle accelerator? You're not trying to study the Higgs boson. You're building military hardware. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea that there's a, a particle accelerator in this Air Force base. I hadn't put that together. Underneath a runway in which aircraft with highly, like, perfectly calibrated magnetic equipment <laughs> are landing and taking off, you've got this huge magnet. All right, you got me there. That's really dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. Just the fact that you have to pass through it. Just walk outside. There's the, you're surrounded by runways. This is an Air Force base. So stupid, you have to pass through this. I mean, what it should have been is, oh, let's go through the particle accelerator. It's magnetic. 
Right. It can take out the TX. It should have been a thing they actually thought of instead of like, whoops, we lucked into this solution. It is absurd. It's so absurd. So so they get into his office. He gives them some codes that were in a safe. Which, you know, I forgot the, the T-800 just rips the door sa- the, the door to the safe off. Yeah. Which that, in one, some ways, you could take as kind of a flipping of the bird t- to T2 as well. Because you have that entire sequence when... John needs to use his, you know, pin trick right, yeah. to get in there. I, I huh. You're talking about flipping the bird. That's probably another one that the T-800, no, I'll just take care of this. That's true. If military saves aren't as secure as Cyberdyne's. No. Apparently, no, you're right. Yeah, Cyberdyne somehow has better hardware <laughs> yeah. than the military does. But also, the, uh, General Brewster does not know that Arnold is a no. robot. No, because there's not. he doesn't have the damage yet to, to have seen it. No, he he has no idea. He doesn't react at all to Arnold pulling. I didn't off the think scene. about that. That is really <laughs> like, that's bad a natural too. thing to see. So they get the codes, and then what I had is that there's another explosion in this movie because a drone just comes, fires a rocket at the safe, yeah. which I could understand destroying the safe because maybe you know cyber uh, not cyber Skynet knows there's valuable information that could hurt it inside the safe. Yeah, I guess. So I could understand that, although there's no central core, so I'm not sure exactly what. But it's an AI. So, uh, yeah. you know, Skynet is self-aware and yeah. is able to think. And so s- maybe strategize. it says, all right, maybe there's some sort of weapons that could do some damage to, to set me back. Fine, destroy it. But to me, it was like, no, we just need another explosion in this movie. Well, but in actuality, what's in that safe? It's just the door codes to get into a bunker. I think so. Well, there might have been other stuff in that that they <laughs> I mean, stole. I, I don't know. But, I mean, that's not going to be dangerous to Skynet. They're just, they well, just, the bunker won't be, no. Right. So then you get the, you, the showdown. You get the showdown, yes, between them. He, here's the main. I have to cover this. This bathroom is the greatest bathroom in any office building ever. The <laughs> yeah, bathroom pub, I have. Public it, money. They're the, spending $10,000 on a sink. <laughs> the bathroom I have at work has two urinals. <laughs> They're jammed against one another, and you have no room and three stalls. It is the smallest bathroom in any office building. This thing is a palace. It is pretty swanky. There are individual sinks, and there's like eight individual sinks. There are countless stalls. There are I, I counted at least like ten urinals, and this is just the men's room. Yeah, imagine there's a ladies' room somewhere. I mean, it's they have a lot of personnel here. They got to make sure uh, the bathroom can handle it. I spent so much time. <laughs> I just watched. I'm like, I and I actually I don't hate it. I think it's a, a decent square off scene. I just hated the fact I'm like this is the most unrealistic bathroom in any office building it's I've not ever the seen. Robots and no. <laughs> killer robots are fine. I was so mad. This is science fiction. Yes. Uh, I so don't. You clearly hate it. What do you? What do you I don't like about? this fight. They are in a facility full of high tech gizmos and they're fighting in the bathroom. And then later in a storage room. The, all right, the storage room. I I'm like, oh, they. they I think it's even a mail room because there's like sorting tables. What I had it that they wound up in the Amazon mail room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like is. the original Amazon mailroom is where they wound up. They are in a whole f- like facility full Fortress. of yeah. gadgets and like other robots. Like she should have been getting other things involved. And you know, ha- hunter killers flying in and attacking Arnold, and he's dodging them. And just a whole- you're in a military complex. Why are you fighting in the you're, bathroom? That. I don't have it. I missed it. You're right. They could have fought in any bathroom. They could have fought in a gas station they, bathroom. They could have fought in my bathroom. Yeah, in your bathroom. Yeah, I mean, it's so. I mean, and, and honestly, you know, uh, I, I think you could read too much into this, and I don't want to read too much into this, but the whole like gendered Terminator, and he's taking her head and slamming it into toilets and slamming it into urinals. And do you stuff. think so? I think it's, maybe it's, it's a little uncomfortable. I don't think you know. I think I think people in the past have read a lot into that that. Maybe they've gone too far, and I don't want to push it, but 
I wonder if maybe that's why they're in the bathroom. It it's could like, be. We could hit her in the head with a urinal. Take that, lady. <laughs> we have penises, and we, we have urinals for that. We can stand up while we pee, and <laughs> right. now we're going to hit you with I mean, it, it kind of has a little bit of a tone. You can convince me on that one, especially when you give me the idea of they literally could have had this been an unbelievable, incredible action sequence with all these gadgets and things that could have been attacking the T-800. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just thought it would have been unrealistic that he would be able to Overcome. survive it. Yeah, and, too many of those. But in the end, he loses the fight, so why yeah. not let him lose, like, really go down fighting? Instead yeah. of, he just, like, he gets his back broken over a sorting table. Right, he just is a rock'em, sock'em robot, and he got punched <laughs> too yeah. many times. He knocked, she knocked his block off. <laughs> she knocked his block off. <laughs> she really did. That's really good. <laughs> it's so bad. This fight is not good. I don't know why. They could have done so much with this fight. I, I, w- I didn't think about the kind of overtones, and in particular that it was a wasted opportunity. Because you had, because I did like when aren't when the T eight hundred is using the T one hundred and firing against it. That was a, re- I thought that was a fun action sequence when he's destroying, you know, those two yeah. firing against one another was great. I agree, that's cool. So you're right; they should have logically taken it a step further and had her and him engaging it, it, yeah. with some, and he probably could have found some new weapons too, right? That could have been there. They could have saved that for the fight with her. He rips off the machine gun, shoots her and with it. Starts using that against her and some of the, the Predator drones like coming in and firing and knocking some of those out of the sky, too. Right, and then she manages to hack the, ter- the, the T-1 that he's using, using and, and it, it turns, turns around. Against and, them and then he rips its head off yeah. to destroy it. There's so much you could have done here. Yeah, because you already get it where you later, when Kate, in a, in a second, Kate and uh, John are running, and she uses you know a, a, a machine gun to take down a Predator drone. Why not have the Terminator do that instead of them? Because all it does is set up the stupid line of, oh, you remind me of your mother, which is just awful. No, she doesn't. That line is preposterous. Kate Brewster is nothing like Sarah Connor. No. Because she shot a gun once? Yeah, it's dumb. I hated that moment. Um, But in in the fight, all they do is the TX reverses her legs around, and then... Let me ask you a question. Is it only her right arm that has the magic stuff? I think so, yeah. Because she reverses herself. Oh, I didn't even think about and that. And then it's still her right arm. She's using her wrong arm. 666 becomes <laughs> 1999. It's the secret code. How could she have used the wrong arm? It's <laughs> Illuminati. Uh, that is, by the way, that is from our End of Days episode. I shouldn't assume people will actually listen to our End That's of Days true. episode. but I think more people are listening to the Terminator episodes than End of Days. Probably. <laughs> But you're right. This entire sequence is preposterous. And I, to be honest, the particle accelerator, I don't really like it either. There's nothing to it. She, she's chasing them. She's got 24 other weapons she could choose, and she's using the one, the flamethrower, which has a limited range. And then she gets magneted to the thing, which John Connor knows how to turn on a particle accelerator, apparently. <laughs> he just flips some switches and then hit a big button. It's that easy. We need to power this up. And then leaves it on. I guess the nuke will take care of it eventually, but it's like, that seems irresponsible to just leave a particle accelerator unattended. <laughs> no, but in John's defense, he's got bigger problems. Yeah, so. there's nukes coming. Who cares? There's but. bigger problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then so then, you, but before this, I think we did skip over it, that after she gives him the rock'em, sock'em robot treatment, you know, she effectively takes him over. Yeah, she hacks into him. And this yeah. is the moment where I was saying, like, if he could explode himself and take this is her the time out, to do it. this is the time to do it. Yeah. This whole fight... If he knows that he he's outmatched, right? This is his one like trump card. Is he's got to yeah? Let's just do it right just now. Do it. The only thing is that I thought is that it might be too much of a close proximity to John and Kate is the problem. That could be. He's wanted to give him time to escape. Yeah. So I then, mean, that their truck was pretty close to the 
the explosion when he threw it out. It did a little, uh, did a little, you know, side swerve as the uh, the blast radius was pushing out. I forgot to bring it up. Uh, I know we're so long, but in that scene, I, I, I was imagining like if he didn't have a cutting tool, like what he would have done. It's like, well, good luck. I guess I'm gonna jump out now. <laughs> <laughs> and it exploded. <laughs> you're on your own. Yeah, you're on your own. Good luck with everything. <laughs> anyway, um, back to. Yeah, so, yeah, they're they're running to the plane. I, the only thing I do enjoy about this, I do enjoy the temper tantrum and that truck just getting destroyed with the T eight hundred just pounding his oh. fists. I really enjoy that scene. Yeah, or it's, sequence. It's it, not really a scene. It is kind of. I mean, it's it's whatever. He he is menacing John, and then he somehow yeah. overcomes it or whatever. But yeah, he beats up that car. My note here is, you remember from, uh, I think it was Street Fighter, I can't remember, or it's a bonus stage where a guy comes out, you, you beat up the car, and the guy comes out and goes, oh my car. I forgot about that, <laughs> yes. I was waiting for oh my car guy to come out. That is awesome. Um, but yeah, this sequence is so weird, like, I cannot control myself, but I apparently can still speak, and yeah. he's doing like... How is it his CPU isn't, he can control, the, the, she didn't infect the CPU, and she can control his movements, but not his CPU. And John is not running away, like, he's... The only reason why the Terminator is able to throw him around, he does it like three times, it's the classic Terminator, I'm going to throw you across the room. It's because John's standing two feet from him. It's like, hey, John, it should be very clear. Run around in circles. Yeah, lead him away from the plane, let her start the plane, and then run run back. back. (laughs) Problem solved. It's so bad. Just the whole idea of like, we're gonna make we're gonna turn Arnold evil for a scene. Yeah, it's. And the sh- I know that they put it. In, I think they put her ability to control the machines into the movie just to do this, but it's dumb. No, you know what would have been fun is if like two thirds of the way in the movie, like your end of Act Two, like oh my god, things are real bad. She hacks Arnold, and now it's the two of them chasing for an entire like thirty forty minute finale. That would have been better. And then at the end, at the very last moment, he switches back and somehow yeah. manages to overcome. Yeah, her. like he gets. His- shocked by something and that gives enough for something, his you yeah. know, CPU to take back over. Yeah. I mean, all this is kind of made up anyway, so you can make anything up to get him to take himself back over. Right, but if you're going to do it, don't do it for like two minutes. Right. Like, what's the point? It doesn't really, no, there's literally no point. To, to be honest, if anything that would have worked and been more interesting is in that fight sequence that they had that we said that was terrible in the bathroom, why not have it that actually that the military still has control of some of the drones, that they're like manual, and that the TX and the T-800 has to eliminate the military threat on that base, that would have been way more interesting, right? As So John and Kate need something, because they can't just get away on their own, right? They probably need some cover to get away. I think that would have been more interesting, is that Brewster, the military still has control of something. Not, not everything's every, automated. Not so. everything's automated, right? And maybe it's even just fighter pilot. But whatever it is, right. is that that would have been really interesting to see the T-800 and TX just wipe out the military. That's true. That would have been way better. And then that gives enough time for John and Kate to get away, but they somehow catch up, and that that gives enough for the T-800 to take back over himself. Yeah, that would have been really He cool. sustains enough damage or, you know, whatever. Right. That would have been way better. Something jars him. Because this thing, too, that somehow her entire skeleton is, you know, there, but this little saw can come up. How does the saw make its way up? Is it plastic? And if it's plastic, then how does it cut through the particle accelerator? Oh right, because it's way like the TX gets away. Why isn't it made out? Of, it's like made out of non-magnetic something. Right. Apparently, yes. Apparently, it is non-magnetic metal, and it's strong enough to cut. But it's strong enough to cut through 
It's made out of tungsten or something. <laughs> tungsten. I need tungsten, tungsten to, to live. live. That's what she's eating instead of the oil. Tungsten. <laughs> she's, that's right. She's eating tungsten. She's looking for every light bulb she can, non-CFL light bulb she can find. <laughs> it's like a, who was that used to do that? Was it like George Animal Steel or something? Yes, something? I think. Eat light bulbs? Yes. That's what the TX what is, is doing. She's snacking on light bulbs. <laughs> Whatever, anyway, they take off. Yeah, uh, they take off. And he's, this is... He's, like, frozen there. It looks like he's flashing the car. He's like, blah! It does. And I, I read somewhere that um, they, they were contemplating doing CGI for that, but it actually is Arnold, that he was able to oh. hold that pose perfectly. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it. Yeah. No, I mean, it does. It doesn't look... It looks like actually Arnold. And then this end sequence, this stuff, too, it's like, why do they need more stuff crashing and blowing up? I hate this. I, I hate this. I mean, the ending they chose to do is a very small, quiet ending of two people in a bunker, and yet they wanted a big, bombastic thing. So it's just pieces that don't fit together. No, but the, I see, the thing is, is I prefer the two of them in the... Like, I'm fine with that ending, meaning them in the bunker, the quiet. You don't need these helicopters crashing. I think it's right. dumb. They needed to commit to the ending that they were committing to. Right. They just were worried about not having a big enough ending, and they had these helicopters. That's why the helicopters are crashing, because they wanted to have a finale. It's an underwhelming finale. Why do they need to crash him, too? Why can't they just land him and <laughs> right. run out? Why yeah. do they have to crash him? Yeah, absolutely. It's so silly. It's and just, in particular, you know, you're kind of hitting on some things on the gender. I do notice that he gets the bigger helicopter, too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> there might be something to people reading between the lines on some stuff. Well, she, you know, she was in a hurry, and she wants to kill John, or he, he's like, I'm going to pick and choose. I'm, yes, I'm getting the biggest helicopter <laughs> right, to that, do the most damage. That one of my the way is bigger. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hoof it. <laughs> I'll, I'll walk slowly. Because I don't think the term, the T-800, I don't think runs as fast no. as the T-1, certainly not the T-1000, and probably not the T the TX, I think, runs faster than the T-1000. Especially, like, the condition that he's in. I do like Arnold's act, like, like glitch acting, where he's just, like, shaking around. And, right. Um, I think he was really good at that. that he's, he's, pretty, da- he's damaged goods yeah. at this point. Although, again, making the Terminator look feeble. Yeah. He's the Terminator, and he looks like a, you know, feeble creature. <laughs> he looks like an old man. He looks pathetic. Like, it's kind of sad what they've done to this. One of the great characters yeah. So, movie history. So you then get the, the finale that we already talked about that we hate in terms of, you know, he, he grabs onto it. The door should just crush them. Yeah. No question about it. It should, you know, he shouldn't need this. You get the explosion. The door should just crush him. Or if they wanted to have an explosion, like, just as it crushes them. The first movie establishes, like, electricity shoots out yeah. and all that. Like, do that. Yeah. You know. I, it, it's dumb. And then what you get is that it, this is a bomb shelter, that it was not, there is no central core. Yeah. There's one line of dialogue I just want to mention because they they're they have the C4 they're planning to blow up the core that doesn't exist and John Connor while they're flying he has a line where he goes there's enough C4 here to take out ten supercomputers which is such I a, missed that line but it's such a weird the way he phrases it like I think they probably wrote it to be like we got enough to take out ten supercomputers like we have more than enough is basically what he's saying yeah. but the way Nick Stahl reads it we have enough to take out ten supercomputers like precisely ten <laughs> you know he phrases it in a way I expected there to be ten or less here <laughs> right not only are there none here what if there was more than ten I'm really not well prepared but he phrased it in a way that made it sound like that's the way you measure explosiveness yes. it's like this this C4 is rated at 0.8 supercomputers not in terms of blast radius or pounds of you know damage it's yeah. how many super, how many super computers? computers she'll go 300 hectares on a single <laughs> tank of kerosene well that uh, blast door they can't blow it up even with all the, so that blast door is greater than 10 supercomputers yep so that, that much we know because that right. wouldn't blow up and whatever was in uh the t-800 it somehow the blast door you know they survive from that blast too yeah i mean i, I guess it makes sense it's supposed to withstand, withstand a nuclear, nuclear blast yeah. so yeah whatever so yeah, and you get bombs the go off. 
Connor is in charge here. Yeah. There's that one farm that has 14 ICBM silos nearby. That, that seemed a bit much. There's four, I counted 14 I didn't count them, but missiles. That seems a bit much. I mean, <laughs> yes, it definitely seems like a bit much. If Russia launched a nuke and hit that farm, they'd take out 14 silos. <laughs> That's just bad strategy. Also, this is not a big deal, but Terminator 2 established that Skynet launches against Russia... Which then retaliates, but but we see you see these like they're going from all directions. Yeah, you see views in space, and it's just like a missile launches in Nebraska and it hits Denver. It's just like they're all flying like very short distances. Yeah, see, but what I took that as is I did think that that was explained well enough in this because it's the internet and there's no central core. I took that Skynet was an American creation. Skynet turns on the U.S. military and it logics. Who do I need to fire on to eradicate those that I'm not under the control of yet? Or I don't control, and it's I fire at Russia, Russia fires back, and that there's fallout everywhere. Because in the, in the original, there was a central core. Here, they're saying there's no central core, so it could take over everything. It could take over the weapons in the UK. It could take over the weapons in Russia in the United States. Could it? Because, I mean, Russia wouldn't, have, wouldn't be tied into Skynet. I, it's saying that everything is tied into the internet so that it could infiltrate and take over everything. I'm not saying you think that, the virus like, got into everywhere? Yes. And, yeah. Hmm. Okay, it just seemed like an inconsistent detail. And I know, the, like, Judgment Day has changed. That one was 97. Right. This one's in 2004. So maybe that something has changed that made it different. It just, I, I like the idea of Skynet is taking over the military systems and it's just launching at whatever targets it has because it knows that that's going to prompt, you know, the end of the world and they can take over. Yeah. I, I, look, I'm, I'm still uh, – you haven't convinced me. This was still better, and there were more redeemable pieces here than I remembered. I'm not going to say it's necessary, and I'm not going to say that it's good, but it was better than I remembered. Okay. I mean, you must have remembered it being real bad then because – I did. <laughs> just the fact that it, it, it didn't seem like you were defending much, but it sounds like you just – your memory was – so bad, yeah, and then but, it wasn't so there, bad. No, because there are enough things in here from that chase sequence with the crane to some of the fun. There's enough stuff in here where I'm not going to say I'd watch it a bunch, but I could watch this again. The, the chase sequence is the only part I would watch again. There's nothing really, just not, it's just not that entertaining either. Like, it's one thing, if, if it was really entertaining and, like, got your blood going or whatever, I could forgive all kinds of plot <laughs> errors and continuity things, but it's just, most of it's just real boring. I, all right, there, there's, there's plenty of boring, but whatever. <laughs> we're going to disagree on this one. We needed one to disagree on anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad you were in the, the pro camp relatively because, yeah. you know, this podcast deserved to have someone defending Terminator yeah. 3. So, And I'm the one. That was, that was your job. Certainly wasn't my job. I wasn't going to So defend. your job, get uh, what, are the, what about the counts? So body count of 17 plus or minus 6 billion. <laughs> and uh, no puns unless no, you caught anything no, that I missed. Nothing even close. Which is a bummer. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, can I briefly mention before we close up it ends with john connor's voiceover saying the battle has just begun that was like the last straw for me it was so cynically you know stay tuned for the sequel yeah. line that really bothered me i i will give you that that that's annoying that it, this was a movie that was only made for money and it ends setting up movies just to make money yeah the battle has not just begun all the best stuff is behind you terminator yeah. franchise sorry genesis is fun but you know it's not the caliber of movie. No, it's not. Um, anyway, um, yeah, that's the show. Sorry, I, you know, I, I I know there are people out there who like this movie, and I hope I wasn't too negative. I hope I was, you know, at least people understand where I'm coming from. You know, there's just so much to this movie. I <laughs> rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna say it's one of my favorites. I it just was better than I remembered. Yeah, 
So anyway, that's the show. So you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast. And, uh, and that's it. I'm not giving the email out anymore, so <laughs> i got to figure out my new closer. You can uh, like us on your podcast app of choice, and uh, please write us a favorable review if you enjoy the show. And uh, I have my last moments of business, or items of business, rule in a crisis situation. It, you glossed over it, but I, I actually had a literal rule from the Terminator, which is, in a crisis situation, anger is more useful than despair. That's true. That's, that's very much... So I was glad. I literally could take a line from one. <laughs> that kind of seems like cheating a little bit. I don't but care okay. if it's cheating. No, that's fine. I mean, it, it's, it's a thing we learned from this movie, and yes. very much it's a lesson that... Uh, so, Arnold, this uh, is the end of season, uh, season three. It is. So what it means is, we'll be back with a season recap. Talk to the hand. 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 Talk to